welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 208. This week, Ant's in a fucking stropony. Ant's throwing a paddy for a change of pace. What's up? You're tamping? You're tamping, Ant? What's wrong? What's... What's... You're tamping? Tamping. Tamping. Having a paddy. Uh, having a having a little suck. You want yeah, a suck? You want a suck? Are you just making up... No, these are all terms. Are, are you they, having a suck? Have you been talking to, like... Welsh people or something. I've been talking to everyone, and I yeah. talk to the world, and the world ignores most of what I say, <laughs> but Good. sometimes they listen, and yeah. when they do, the little pixie people come out, and you know what they say? Do you know what they say, Anne? Do you know what they stop say? us? No, do you know what the little pixie people say? What do the little say, pixie people say? a cunt. Anne, welcome to Grimbogans of 208. How you doing? How you doing? I was alright until... Um, until you had the pixie people fucking hate you. Approximately 45 seconds ago. 45 seconds? We've been recording for two hours. What are you talking about? What happened in the last 45 seconds? You. Ant! 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 It's another week. How are you feeling? How many weeks until TF Nation? It's ages off. It's not until like August, man. For so the... how many weeks is that? I don't know. Come on, do the math. No. Boom. <laughs> how many weeks till your birthday? Um, about six. Six weeks until your birthday? Seven. And has Santa got you anything for your birthday? No. No, do you know why? Because he's a cunt. <laughs> no, because no. it's not Christmas and you've been a fucking cunt, so you're not getting anything. Mm. <laughs> the, bright, the bright, happy look on your face when we talk during this doesn't get captured by the audio audio medium, so I'm quite upset that people can't see how happy you are at the news <laughs> All mythological creatures think we're both cunts, so to be fair, we're in this together. Except for the Easter Bunny, but he's got reasons. Um, and episode 208, we're here again. How are you doing? Is it 208? Yeah, how are you doing? You've asked that like five times now. Yeah, but you haven't answered. Yeah, because I don't, what am I supposed to answer? You meant to say how you're doing. Uh, you're doing all right? Uh, okay, that's, a, that's an all right. And it's doing all right, so that means that this week... We're not going to play some stupid game that I've come up with on the fly because I found a soundboard of someone. <laughs> not this week, but next week. Mm. You watch out because now I'm really wondering if there's a Jordan Peterson soundboard out there. Yes. The one that's labeled Kermit. <laughs> I was going to say, I believe that all, all men should have women. Given to them by the Checkmate, woke liberals media. <laughs> we'll see who cancels who. <laughs> Is he, um, How's he doing? Recovered he... from his meat <laughs> no, coma. No. no, his meat and his benzo addiction. Mm. Shouldn't make fun of it. What? Shouldn't make what? fun of addiction, you know, just shouldn't make fun of it. Can't spell addiction of without addiction, dick. Uh, you know, obviously he's, uh, And he's a massive dick. He's, he's not. Tiny, tiny. No, I mean him as a person. He's a fucking cunt, dickhead. Um, all right, and what do we do on this podcast? We review stuff and things. You go through Twitter, apparently, and that's good because you're first. So you got to really be on the ball. But before we get to your first review, and we got some news. Mm-hmm. Got some news. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. your your most anticipated uh-huh. game, the game you are most looking forward to, mm-hmm. because you said you really. Uh-huh. You really love loot crate mechanics uh-huh, yeah, and multiple mm-hmm, currencies yeah. in game. Mm-hmm. We've got some disappointing news for you, Anne. Oh. We're going to deliver this to you live on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Kill yeah, the yeah. Justice League, the Suicide Squad game. Yeah, it's being returned to formula. Yeah, that's right. They're they're taking a step back. 
Back they're, to formula, that's the Spider-Man. It is, it is, it is, because they're both Marvels. The so right, what's happening it's not the is right reference. <laughs> this is Marvel properties, it's right? Not. Spider-Man helps Superman sometimes. And you okay? <laughs> what's that pain on your head doing? So anyway, so so the new Marvel game, Justice League killed killed the Spider-Verse. No, killed the Justice League. Hmm. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. So that it's new okay. game, it's going back to formula. They're don't, taking it back and they're gonna shit. they're gonna do some changes. No, they're polishing it. They're polishing, polishing a turd. Polishing it. Polishing a turd. Polishing it. Um, maybe maybe Captain Boomerang will throw a boomerang in the final <laughs> game. <laughs> like I feel, I feel really bad taking the piss out of that obviously shit game because it's the last time we're going to hear Kevin Conroy as Batman, and that's sad. Yeah, because he's like one of the best Batmans. What if someone dropped the files with his voice act, his voice recordings on? Oh, that'd be amazing. It's hilarious. Like Kevin spilling his chilli. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> just like... They're like, we did have Kevin Conroy's final recording, but then it turns out that when we deleted the loot box mechanics from the game, it permanently... Just lots of outtakes. <laughs> how did that sound? So why's Batman asking how it sounds? Mm. Oh, I shouldn't have had jelly for lunch. <laughs> and they're just flatulence. It's like Kevin Conroy would want to be remembered mm. as the Batman with gas. Just a masterful performance. <laughs> the only Batman with IBS. No one could play <laughs> Batman like Conroy. Come on, can yeah. we speed it up, Joker? I've got to take a shit. Anyway, uh, that's the news. It's been, it's been delayed until next year. Oh, and there's also uh, Redfall. You know the new vampire game by the people that made made Deathloop and Prey and yeah. that's been that's that's coming out soon. A uh, few weeks. Uh, um and they announced that it's gonna be thirty frames per second at launch. Oh my god, does yeah. someone think of the will someone think Gamers gamers have the lost gamers. their mind, Ant. They've lost their mind. I still stand by this game looks interesting. I don't give a shit. I also completed Back for Blood, so what do I know? And you're first to review this week. Yeah, how about I review your fucking attitude? It's pretty great. I don't it? like it. Oh, what's wrong with it's it? It's not good. What's wrong with it? Yeah, that's right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> your review, Ant. I think you answered that. Hey, yourself. hey, hey. Who bought you 40... No. 72 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> Who made us rich in free play? Yeah, but how much of that are you going to use on your own? I mean, quite a bit. Yeah, I'm gonna eat some. We got so much of it. Got that vegan diet. That fucking they'll get through that toilet paper in like two days. Nah, most of it's like coming out like a sluice. We'll have it's this just at like, the end of the year, aren't we? Just like does just, toilet paper go off? It's just molding in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it mutates into a new being because we just leave it, leave it going. Anyway, and your first review. I did my first review. Of you, Josh. Get the fuck out. Come on. Review a thing. So I review, um, I mean, I've got nothing. So a G1 Tonkinator, Transformers, collaborative Tonkinator. Or? It's a collaborative event. No, 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 no. You said that like there was another choice. It's Tonkinator. <laughs> no, there's not another choice. I mean, cho- I could also do the big Megatron, but Tonkinator's got more going. It's a bit interesting. Yeah, you review, review a toy. Tell people about this toy. Can I, can I first set the scene for people? Okay. It's yellow. And oh. made of plastic. And that's not narrowing it down on my shelf here. It's not the. It's not. It's, it's not the not Bad the Dragon yellow. Winter Collection. I should make that clear. It is the one that's actually a transformer. I do also like the little wheel jack I got. Did I go on about this last time? The one that transforms when you drop him. It's pretty cool. 
I like the fact that you say it's the one that transforms when you drop him, and one part didn't transform because he'd land on the bed. It's fine. They got one. They got one in town that I want. It's a big Optimus Primal. Oh and yeah. You mash him down three times, like you hold his leg. Go bop, 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 and he transforms. Oh cool. But it's thirty-five fucking quid for like something that should probably be like a six-inch tall toddler's toy. How big is it? It's like eight, nine, nine inches tall. As it. Um, oh wow. Yeah, about nine inches tall. Jesus. I was looking down. That's the. That's the oh, was, oh, you're looking down. Yeah. 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 Like I look down. And go. Oh, yeah. That's that sounds about right. Nine inches. Yes. Um, but no, Tonkinator, right? So they took the G1 Devastator toy, which I've never owned, because when I was a kid, that was like a myth. It was like, oh, who's going to have Devastator? You have to buy the whole set. You have to get the gift set. Your parents are either rich if they bought you the full gift set of Devastator, or you had loads of pocket money if you bought all the individual parts. And no fucker brought all the individual parts without losing the combining bits, right? It was one of those things you just didn't see when you were a kid, because yeah. impossible. I had two of them. It's two over there. Can you see them on the shelf up there? Is it two yellow guys? Yeah. Yeah. That's the right, the, the left leg. Yeah. And the left arm. Oh, is that actually those parts? That's the original generation. Well, they're late G1 versions. They were reissued in yellow. They used to be green. How old is that? Uh, 35 years old. Jesus. Um, thereabouts, like 89. They probably got released in 1990. Yeah. Then. So, anyway. So, I've never had a full tonk de- Devastator. Yeah. And I saw this in-game, 50 quid, reduced from 110. Is that good? And he came out, like, last, like, like a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. He came out, like, November. Oh, but it's, like, it's, because it's... But it's game. Yeah. They just sell stuff. They don't stuff. really know how much it's how stuff. cheap they sell some stuff in there sometimes. Yeah, it's it's freaking crazy. Lord knows where they're picking all these up. Um, Probably from uh, Sports Direct, because that's where they... It's just old stock. I mean, yeah. that Starscream Masterpiece one I got was 45 quid, reduced from 150. One I got yeah. from House of Frasier. Um, but yeah, they, this is it's just nice to have it. Never had one as a kid. Never saw one. Saw the individual robots. Um, I think I probably played with all of them at some point because you know you different friends would have different ones. But you never had the combiner parts. The ones I've got over there didn't even come with the combiner parts because they removed them. They actually removed the parts that allowed you to clip them together. But it's been really nice. Look, I'm going to grab him. Going to be careful because he's kind of he's a G1 toy technically, so he's kind of fragile. Bits just sort of pop off him. But, oh, wow. But what's the art- he's got articulation. Oh, yeah. His arm can his move. His arms move. Yeah, his arms move. Look at that go. On a Generation 1 toy. But you know what? It's nice to have a Devastator. You can look up and down. If you really are pedantic, you could buy this Devastator, get the head. You see the little head with the red visor? Yeah. Put that on your G1 toy so it was cartoon accurate because he had a red visor on the original cartoon, but the toy didn't. So you could spend 110 quid if you wanted to get in the right face on your on your original toy. But you know, it's kind of neat. Everything clips together weird. Nothing clips together the way you'd expect. Both the arms clip on differently. Like, it's they definitely design the vehicles first. You realise that when you play with it. They design the vehicles and the robots first. And then they figured out how to get everything. Because you see how, like, these silver bits are meant to be his thighs, right? Yeah. But then it kind of stre- spreads out. And it kind of looks like he's wearing, like, MC Hammer baggy pants. It doesn't look like he is wearing MC Hammer baggy pants. But you see how they clip in? Just I don't say I'll pull I'll pull one of them off. Yep. You know what I'm like, I'm really good at pulling things off. <laughs> it's, actually it's really difficult. It's really tightly on there. Well that worked. Um Oh god, I've broken him now. You haven't broken him. No, I haven't, it's just really difficult to get up. There you go. So you see how that clips on? 
It's just like uh, a yeah. shape that just happens to fit in, just be right. And like the other one has a similar thing, completely different shape. It's just that everything's like been designed to clip into whatever parts of the vehicle they had. Just kind of neat. Do you know I used to have this the Mixmaster one here? Do you remember I had the blue one? No. I bought it off. I found it on eBay for five. Oh, quid. Oh yeah, and you sold it for a ton of money, like one hundred eighty quid. Yeah. Um, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Got myself this big lad with the money. So. So did you tell that guy that he can now get this? What? No, the, the one I had is a Diaclone. That's like predates Transformers. Oh one. right, okay. That's why it was so. That's why it sold for so much because it's like a genuinely rare thing that you don't see in the UK. Never got any sort of release in Europe. That um, very late, like Diaclone toy. But yeah, I just I just quite happy to have a G One Devastator. He's um, he comes apart quite easily <laughs> in the wrong places. Um, He's not an actual G One though. It's like a reproduction. It's of a the reissue G1. of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's just the same molds and stuff. Yeah, they they don't change much over the years. I think they've changed some tiny little things, but like they put the weirdest part is they did this with the the hound I got recently as well. They've put the trigger for the mecha, for the who is who is hound little little green guy up there, little tiny green guy. See, I got the two that look the same. Okay, yeah, 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 him. So they did the same with him. They put the little switch to fire their missile, but there's no spring inside to fire a missile. Um, whereas the one I've got over there, he had the missile thing removed, but he doesn't have the switch. They actually changed the moulding on it. So it's a bit weird. They went back and put the earlier moulding with the switch in there, but took out the springs. But um, that's I guess that's to stop kids shooting themselves in the eye, isn't it? Maybe. Because, you know, kids' eyes are notoriously... Shootable. Yeah. Yeah. I got shot in the eye all the time when I was a kid, and, you know, freaking... I mean, granted, I was wearing glasses, so it probably had some protection, but, you know, I never went blind. I had a friend who ran in they, when, when they, they were a kid. They ran and they they got their eye caught on a tree, <laughs> and the twig went in like right near their eye. Oh, I think everyone had a friend like that that they yeah. they heard that story. But yeah, um, Tonkinator, um, don't spend one hundred and ten quid on this. Why not? You love it. I spent fifty. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I almost bought it the other month when it was seventy quid in game, Oof. and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold the line. Yeah, going to hold. Hold. Oh, like like, like brave, crypto. Always, I'm like Braveheart. No, like crypto. I'm thinking Braveheart. Like crypto. Crypto. Yeah. Like crypto. Like cryptocurrency. No. But um, it's just nice having all these. This stuff I didn't realise about some of them. Things about the transformation I never knew was a thing. And, you know, clever little bits. Like, little mechanism here that holds the scoop in place so yeah. it doesn't fall forwards, right? But when you pull the head out on the little robot... It releases it, so it changes. It makes the little mechanism pop out. So when you push the head back up, it goes back into place. It's a clever little mechanism. The head, the little Ooh. head being pushed in, stops the feet from collapsing. So um, clever. Other than being in love with this robot, yeah. What else are you up to? I'm um, just playing with this robot. But um, yeah, Tonkinator. Tonkinator. Tonka. And you'd recommend that? Did I mention it's a Tonka branded one? To celebrate 75 years of Tonka. So, would you recommend that, that Transformers fans buy one of these? I mean, you could try and buy an original G1 Devastator, but it's probably going to be worse for wear nowadays. You know, even the reissues. The last reissue was done, like, 10 years ago, I think. Hmm. So, or you can get basically the same moulds in the Generation 2 colours. Cheap. Now, if they did one in the Diaclone cover colours, this would be going straight on eBay and I'd be buying the Diaclone one. Because I want one that's yellow, red, and blue. Because that's what the Diaclone colour ones was. 
especially if it came with the playmat, because that's kind of awesome. Um, they came with stickers. They are not going on it. I hate fucking stickers now. Um, every time I put stickers on a figure in the last few years, it's been a disaster. So I'm not going to bother. Um, it's got all the guns though. See, the big box. Anyway, Tonkinator. Um, you know that was me trying to just put any sort of review out. I could talk about Megatron. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go. Buzzsaw. Keep talking about robots. I've got man. a Bumblebee. Yep. My first regular style Bumblebee. Yep. <laughs> and I got a Bisque. He's a little lobster man. Cool. From Brentasaur. Brentasaur got gave me those ones. I sold, but well, I bought this one. He gave me that one extra. Good old Brentasaur. Shout out to Brentasaur on the uh, on the internets. Yeah. Um, that's me filling time. What's your next review? A sneeze. So, a sorry, sneeze. Sorry, guys. Sorry. So, um, my first review. This is going to be a weird one because this is actually um, it's not released yet for another five days. Oh. But I went to an early screening of how to blow up, your, blow up a pipeline. Um, that was fucking disgusting. That was that was. What was disgusting? Why was that so wet? <laughs> it sounded wet as Spacey. fuck. It sounded wet. Look, I've had some Coca-Cola. Was it full uh, fat Coke? I've had two cups of coffee today. You know, oh, it's... no. Yeah, you're going to be shitting. You're going to be shitting like crazy. Um, so I went to go see How to Blow Up a Pipeline. It was the screen unseen film from Odeon. Um, and it, it's a really weird film to explain, but, you know, it's it, it's very interesting. So it's the story of a bunch of eco-terrorists that are looking to blow up a pipeline for various reasons, which you discover throughout the film. So they each have their own individual reasons for wanting to do this. Because oil blows up really well. No, because they all have, like, a personal vendetta against the company that owns the oil pipeline. So they want to do it in a way that doesn't affect the environment, so they don't want oil spilling everywhere. And they want to do it in a way that affects their profits for a long period of time and then also influences other people to do similar acts. Um. And it's put some water in there. So the film starts out really intriguing because straight away you've got these people you don't know who they are. You find out their names as they introduce, as they say hi to each other, as they they meet up, and they just immediately start putting together bombs. They start building shit, and as they build the bombs, and as they start the process of setting up this this terrorist act, you are told their backstory, the reasons that they're there, and the the whole thing is like. It's a very strange story because some of them seem to have met through online chat rooms. They haven't actually met each other properly before. Others seem to have been very aware of each other. Some are just couples where the partner has been drawn into this because their partner has been so vastly affected by this. They know how much it, it hurt them and they're willing to get involved in everything. And and just the methodical process of creating the bombs... And the tension that comes from these like people trying to make these explosives, like there's a particular person who's making blasting caps, literally just the small explosive device that sets off the larger explosive. Yeah, but the ones that they need to make this explosion are a lot higher, a higher velocity. Not velocity, that's the wrong word. Uh, They're a lot more um, volatile, so they they're, they're like they are very powerful. And he's making them, and the process of making them is they have like a, they have a, a circle of not styrofoam but like concrete. It looks like concrete, but very light concrete. They pour the mixture in, and then they slowly apply pressure through like a, a stick into the hole. And then once they've applied enough pressure, they remove the base plate, and it pops out, and it's ready to go. And in one of the scenes, he's making this, 
And the first one, he like slowly pops it out and it's ready to go and he wraps it, puts the wire in place and then puts it in like this tin that just has like sand in it so that they stay safe and sitting there and ready to go and they aren't shaken too much. And then on the second one, he just does, he slips slightly and it cuts to, like it explodes, you hear the explosion and then it immediately cuts to his story and how he got involved in the group. And you see that he lives in Alaska he lives in a very small town where obviously things are very difficult. There aren't many job prospects. And the only job prospects that are there, massive gas refinery, where they are literally just burnt. Because you know that in gas refineries, they have a spigot where it flies up really high up and it just burns off the excess gas that won't fit in the valve. So basically, it's like a runoff. Hmm. So if there's too much pressure, the gas escapes up through this pipe and just burns. Just put a bucket up there just collect the but gas. They almost, they almost always burn. So it's just this fire that's going constantly, and they don't exaggerate these things. None of the none of the environmental dangers they show are exaggerated, and it is America. I need to make that clear. So, anyone in the UK, we don't have to deal with this a lot. But have they tried shooting the pipeline. <laughs> so in the US, like a lot of their oil industry and chemical plants and things like that, like the refineries, a lot of that runoff just goes into the ground, and a lot of people get very sick and. Often they have to go to court over this, and because they don't have open, oh, they just ignore it for years. Michigan still not got drinking water. No, exactly. Flint doesn't have drinking water. So, like, what they do is because Americans have to pay for healthcare, you're stuck in this horrible situation where you're. Why are you talking to the TV? Oh, sorry. You're stuck in this horrible situation where. Sorry, I was looking at the waves again. Uh, You're stuck in this horrible situation where, like, basically you're in a court battle to get healthcare. All the people need to do that you're against is use their money to elongate out until you die. And then even then, your family has to continue that fight. And if they lose in court, they just have all these costs and then your medical bills on top. It's a fucking nightmare scape in the US. Mm. So, like, there's all this involved in it. And, like, there's all these people that are affected. It's capitalism and isn't capitalism great? No, bad. It's real bad. Bad. Capitalism bad. It's real bad. It's real bad. Capitalism bad. So, like... Well, I'm just going to go order a copy of the Communist Manifesto. (laughs) I'm going to read up on this. There's an episode of Star Trek where Rom forms a union against Quark and he quotes the Communist Manifesto. Mm, I think that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, just get it out there. (laughs) Yeah, what's your... um... But yeah, so how to build a pipeline. It's tense. It's really well acted. Um, One of the things I noticed is that like, at no point does that tension really let up. Like, there are small moments of levity and, like, there's, like, little moments where you get to see these people interact and and you get to find out what their story is and how they're related to it. But, like, that tension of building the bomb is treated so, so well. Like, that whole thing only takes, like, a day, two days. That's the whole process. But between making the blasting caps and then they have to, like, some of them have to winch these massive, like, concrete-filled barrels with, like, a what's what's probably the best, like, a two-litre bottle of Coke wedged into them so they make these big concrete oh, barrels wait, using mentos no no that'd be good though um, and they use like an explosive device that fits into the concrete because obviously it's a bit like a grenade it's to create yeah. shrapnel and then just destroy everything in the uh-huh. area and they like literally winch these up and attach them to the pipeline at areas where they're going to blow it up and they've got another group that are like and there's there's bits and pieces about like some people are going to take the blame and then other people could be playing against them and the FBI may be related in some ways and it's just Fucking incredible. It's a really, really it's interesting America, film. Everyone could be related in some ways. Yeah. It's a really interesting film and it is really tense and it's out in five days. I don't think it's going to get a massive release, but if you get the chance to see it, this is like a Tom Atkins that was hidden away. I had no idea about this film. 
I originally, like, there were people... So Screen Unseen, for anyone who doesn't know, is like an odium thing where they have like a mystery film. You don't find out what it is until the film starts. And often it will be an indie film, but sometimes they play bigger films as well. It's never like a blockbuster. But lots of the clues hinted at it being Renfield. But I think that that was on purpose because, like, they were trying to do a bait and switch because Renfield wasn't out yet, so instead they played this. Oh. Um, but, yeah, really, really good. Really interesting. I'm glad I'm I saw this. Trying to to get more people to actually show up that week. Yeah. But I'm really glad that I got to see this because compared to the other film on, I saw on the same day, because me and Liv had, like, a two-movie day. Went to go see one. And then like, we like when I went to see Warcraft and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 secrets. What? In the same day. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like when I saw Jarhead and Brokeback Mountain in the same day. Which one was more gay? Jarhead. Yeah. Which one had more Gyllenhaal? Also Jarhead. Mm. Um, but yeah, how to blow up a, type, a pipeline. If you're interested. And also, like, it's kind of freaky the way that they show, like, these American refineries and stuff and the way they operate. They don't, like, try and make it look more evil. They're just like, hey, look what that is. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> and also, like, if you've seen any of the films like Aaron Brockovich, it's, it's a big point of Aaron Brockovich, and that's also a big point in Dark Water, the more recent Mark Ruffalo film. Like, they just pour the chemicals into the fucking water. Oh, and I like, get that sort of thing in the UK. N- we don't really, do we? Our rivers are full of shit. Oh, yeah, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> when we were part of the EU, they weren't allowed to do that shit. No. And then they, the Brexit happened. Of Brexit, isn't it? Brexit happened, and they just started throwing the shit in the sea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in well, the US, rivers. in the US, like you used to be able to swim in that lake over there, you know. Yeah, you can't now. You used to be open for swimming. Yeah, no, no. There's like a pipeline; it goes brown around it every yeah. couple of. Yeah, don't years. go over there. You can't even like when it's hot. Do you know how bad that's going to smell? I mean, I can't smell it, but everybody else is going to have to deal with it. It's going to smell very warm to me. <laughs> um. But yeah, how to blow up a pipeline. Fucking Tom Atkins. It like really some of the scenes are fucking tense. There's like one girl gets injured by one of the winch they're like winching this thing up. And you can see it snapping, and they're doing everything they can to sort of like try and stop it from snapping. And it goes, and like you think, oh, it's gonna explode. No, it fucking lands on this girl's leg. Oh. Like this fucking massive like barrel like it's like a massive metal barrel that's just filled with concrete oh, and it yeah. lands on a fucking leg yeah, you just ah. Oh. but like it's really clever whenever anything happens that sort of starts to derail the plan you see the backstory from someone and then it comes back to that tense moment it's almost like it's like a TV style editing you know like next week you'll find out what happens it's like that but instead of it it hooks you with that fucking moment and it takes you to that person, like a person's backstory. You see about it, and then it brings you back, and it's the immediate repercussions of what happened. It's so fucking good, really, really well done. If anyone gets a chance to see it, see it. it's a Tom Atkins. Does I, her leg get messed up, and then they see that she's a lizard underneath it? She has to fucking drive she... with that shit later. Yeah. Like because part of the thing is okay. So part of the plan is they've all got alibis, and her alibi because it's set nowadays. Her alibi is that she's recorded herself doing work on the day that they're meant to be there by working two days earlier. So she's cleaned this this apartment, had it all filmed, then copied the copied the file over after changing the date and then deleted it from the hard drive for the security cameras in the house. Mm. And then she's just gonna upload it on the day that they were all supposedly well, the day they're blowing this place up. I've just gone to the hospital, said I had an accident. <laughs> but no, so she's done that and then and and she has to drive to her work on that day with this leg to upload the footage and dump off the rubbish that they've got left over. Mm. And it's just, it is 
fucking disgusting to think of that poor woman having to drive with that leg. Because they splint it as best they can, but it's still... It is a shattered leg. Like, bad. Uh, but yeah, it's how to build a pipeline. Uh, sorry, how to blow up a pipeline. Just fucking incredible. Really tense and really interesting. Just, just more of this, please. I love watching this shit. Like, stuff where it's like getting back because those companies in the fucking US really are awful the amount of people that got cancer and horrible shit and like you say Flint doesn't have fucking drinking how is that a first world country <laughs> it it's just been like it. eight years or so yeah like there's another one as well recently wasn't there and there's that um, explosion at the was it a rubber factory or something and it's like contaminated the air around this whole massive town holy fuck like they're all gonna get cancer and die yeah it's not good well not they just they good. just burnt it and just everyone's filled with toxic chemicals now. Murica. Land of the free. Yep. Home of the full of shit. Fucking dumb cunts. All right, your review, Anne. Um, I got Star Trek Generations on 4K Blu-ray. It just got released the other week at the start of April. Okay. So I brought that. I brought First Contact as well, but I haven't got around to watching it yet. Um, I should have brought First Contact because I'm running out of money. I spent too much this month. Someone made me buy a Tonkinator. Um... <laughs> But Star Trek Generations, the first of the Picard and the Next Generation crew movies, and I'm reviewing this at a good time because Picard had a the end of the last episode of Picard. Do you see? They spoilers. Something happened. But anyway. Oh, did he die? Uh, no, again. Fucking <laughs> the Next Generation films are like a mixed bag, and. The characters kind of don't feel exactly like their characters on the show, but they got to help, they got to ramp up the tension and the drama a bit, I guess, for the sake of being a big movie, I guess, isn't it? But um, this film, not much really happens in Generations when you rewatch it. Like, so the villain is this guy called Soren, played by Malcolm McDowell. Oh, I thought you meant like the bread. No, that's Soreen. <laughs> um, but Soren is played by Malcolm McDowell, the uncle. Of uh, Alexander Siddig, Siddig, who plays Julian Bashir in Deep Space Nine. You know that? Did you know that? No, they're related. Cunt. <laughs> no, I don't. Anyway, Soren knows about this big wave, this like ribbon thing that's flying through space, energy ribbon, and like they, they believe that if they get, ent- you know, if they enter into it, then it will take them to this other place. It's like a sort of like timeless world that's made of bliss as it were, like they'll always be happy there and stuff, and it's a world of their design, it'll be perfect, whatever they want. Yeah. It'll be their perfect dream world. Sort of like the idea of reaching the afterlife or something. Um, and in the past, at some point, this when the Enterprise B was launched, the, um, the Enterprise B encountered this ribbon when Soren was trying to get to it the first time by flying a ship into it, and all the people got rescued from it. He wasn't too happy about that. But in the process, like, Captain Kirk got killed. He was fixing something... You know, to help them get out of, you know, fix the deflector dish or some bollocks like that. And the ribbon tears through the ship and Kirk's never seen again. Dies. Do you remember that? Yeah. Anyway, so for the rest of the film, not a massive amount happens. Soren wants to get back in the ribbon. They're trying to figure out what's going on, who's been helping him, all this sort of stuff. Data's put an emotion chip in his brain He's so he can feel emotion. emotion trip in. He tried it before, it didn't work, but... He's got a new one now. When they disassembled Law, I think it was, they took his emotion chip. Um, but anyway, he, stuff happens. Soren's plan is to blow up a moon, a bunch of moons and planets and stuff. He's using super weapons. 
to force the ribbon's trajectory to change so it passes through a planet he can go to, Viridian 3, which um, is a planet with a few, quite a few life forms on it. There are people on this planet. They're pre-Neolithic life forms. Pre-Neolithic? Or something like that. So you can't really, you know, you can't let them wipe out. They could be anything. They could be potentially the future, couldn't they? Like the children of our future. I was about to say, like the children. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's his plan. And not much really happens. And the bit that's important is the whole that whole end bit because Picard fails the Enterprise crashes after fighting the um, the Klingons um, Lursa and Bator the two Klingon ladies who were in Deep Space Nine quite a bit they sort of got upgraded to movie villains and then blown up um, they use the same explosion from Star Trek 6 which looks lovely in 4k um, but yeah then Picard's in the ribbon thing and like he goes I'm going to get some help and he finds Captain Kirk there and uh, what this is the sequel to Duke Nukem. No, it's the first Duke Nukem Time to Kill. The second one was Planet of the Babes. But it just says Duke Nukem. Yeah, because they, um, Duke Nukem Time to Kill isn't on our system. And someone in Farnborough brought it in as Duke Nukem for five quid. So I brought it for five quid. But I brought it's it for... worth a lot more than that. No, it's not. It's not worth much more than that. The Time to Kill? No. No, it's not worth much more than that. Does he... Does Samuel L. Jackson get let off on this version? What? Time to Kill. No, this is Matthew McConaughey's house blocks. Anyway, they get Kirk, and that was the Kirk's finale. He, him, and Picard help fight an old man. The film ends with three old men fighting on uh, on some it's a bad scaffolding. Movie. It's a bad movie. It's not great. That's fine. It's perfectly enjoyable. Just simple thing. But it kind of feels like if they were going to do this whole passing the torch thing, what they probably should have done is like get Kirk into the future as soon as possible and have like an adventure. With Picard and Kirk, you could have had them like butting heads because they're two different approaches to commanding. You know, because Picard's obviously going to have some sort of hero worship for Kirk, wouldn't he? And then you know, be like, "Oh, you're a bit of a rebel, and you don't follow protocol, and all this sort of thing." That could have been something, but instead they just work together, and you get a bunch of old men fighting each other. Picard has like a two-on-one advantage against friggin' Soren. And they still get their asses kicked, and Picard manages to get one of the greatest captains in the history of Starfleet, like shit mixed, and he fucking dies. Um, they've got his body in storage, though, apparently, according to Picard Seasons in Free, so. <laughs> doesn't matter, I guess. Maybe it's his body after um, Kirk got. His body got stolen by the Borg, and he turned into a Borg. <gasps> he turned into. To in the books. You. In the books, oh. written, by, written by William Shatner. <laughs> Oh. Which are non canon, thankfully. So he didn't get turned into Lacutus. No, no, Lacutus is Picard. Yeah. There was it was another Borg. They wanted Kirk for whatever. Why do they reason. want Kirk though? So they could have a fat Borg. Who knows? The sh- so they could have a fat hood Borg. He was the greatest captain. What sort of strategic historical evidence Is that in his mind? I don't know. He well William Shatner wrote it, multiple books yeah, so that tell this story. Mind. Um, Why was Shatner the greatest captain in the world? Because he was willing to sleep with no, Shatner's a very well-respected author and creator of Tech War. What? Um, Do you remember Tech War? No. The TV series? No. Yeah, he did. Um, didn't he also have something to do with the Total Recall series? Probably. Anyway, um, was it bad? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, um, it's it's nice to watch the films again. Yeah. I've um, got fast First Contact next, which is the big crowd pleaser, isn't it? 
That's yeah. one everyone enjoys of the next well, generation films. First Contact's films. got like a good mix of action and also it's got, it's a lot got of, um, Neil McDonough in it. Yeah, it's got a lot of reverence for the series as well. It's just fun. Yeah. Just a fun thing. It's just no, they, an action they have like film. A, they have like some nice use of the old sets. They don't... I think well, the, none the, the old sets. The Enterprise gets blown up in generations. Yeah, but not the sets, mate. They're still around. They no, just the sets use... got destroyed. The Enterprise, two, the Enterprise D sets aren't in First Contact. I thought it's an entirely new ship. The tunnels and stuff. What? The not the tunnels, the walkways, the bannerways from the. What? Never mind then. It's Never a new mind. ship. It's an entirely new ship. Oh okay. Yeah, it's fucking jeez, it's fucking oh gee. All right, all Actually, right. a lot of the set for the first contact bridge was the set from um, the Voyager Doogie redressed. Houser. Oh yeah, Voyager, not from Doogie Howser. But you know. It's perfectly fine and watchable and enjoyable, and there's some fun stuff with Geordie and Data because Geordie and Data are best friends, which you wouldn't believe if you'd watched season one of Picard. Geordie LaForge. Yeah, Geordie the 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 Forge, who wishes he was Lance Reddick. Yeah. Um, but they yeah they they're best buddies, and I'm glad that in Picard season three they've sort of brought that back as an important element because I was really expecting them to forget <clears throat> that the relationship in in Star Trek TNG was Geordie and Data. Not Data and Picard. Yeah, of course. But it's like you watch those the Picard series. It's almost like friggin' and Nemesis. Like it's like Picard was in love with Data or some shit. Mm. The entirety of Picard season one and two and three has been an apology for Star Trek Nemesis. I'm gonna get Star Trek Nemesis in a while, aren't I? If I keep collecting the 4K Blu-rays, I'm gonna have to watch it again. God, that film sucks ass. Wait, which one's Genesis? Is that the one with uh, Tom Hardy? Nemesis. Yeah, yeah with Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. The one where he mind rapes friggin' Deanna Troy and Beverly Crusher sort of shrugs a bit in the background. She doesn't really do much in that film. She doesn't do much in any of the films, really. No. Um, I met her once, though. Gates McFadden. Beverly Crusher? Yeah, yeah, Gates McFadden. Charming lady. Didn't meet Geordie LaForge, though, did you? Uh, have I met Geordie LaForge? No, I haven't. I've met William... I've met Jonathan Frakes. <coughs> Who? William Riker. Who? Riker. Who? Commander Riker. Who? Of the Titan. He's Who? the captain of the Titan. He was. Until... Is he the guy who sits down funny? Yeah. I met him. You met him? I've met him. You met him? I've met him. You met him? Yeah. What's he like? Seems like a bit of a miserable dude at the day, yeah, but, you know. Like friend, he? It was not long after he did um, Thunderbirds, so. So, he directed Thunderbirds. Oh, Thunderbirds? The live action movie. Oh. With Ben Kingsley and <gasps> Anthony Edwards. With Sir Benedict Kingsley? Ben Kingsley. Who will... You know, and Ben Kingsley, whenever he appears in a film, that's a real seal of quality. Like the Nintendo seal of quality. It's almost as good as that, isn't it? Hey, you know who's really good in, in The Wiz? But you shouldn't Google that kid with a power glove. The Wiz? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant The Wiz is the, the Michael Jackson. The Wizard. The Wizard, sorry. Yeah, The Wiz is the Michael Jackson musical. No, The Wizard. Not The Wiz. The no. Wizard. You know the kid with the power glove? Yeah. Don't Google him. Ah. Uh, did he touch children? Did he touch Fred Savage? I mean, maybe, but don't Google him. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't Google him. Okay. That's you Googling cool. him? No. Okay, don't. Anyway, Star Trek Generations. Yeah, give it, you know, this is a 30-year-old film now. Give it what? It's a movie. You know, it exists. It does indeed, and it's a movie film. Yeah. I like the uh, bit where the Enterprise crashes, though. That's kind of cool. Does the Enterprise crash? Yeah, because they separate it. It gets blood, the warp core going to detonate, and they separate the saucer section get everyone into the source section to fly away. Why Beverly was evacuating Medical Bay in that sequence, that's something that bothered me, because the Medical Bay is on Deck 5. Yeah. Um, it's not in the friggin' engineering decks. 
Um, granted, I suppose in theory there could be a medical bay in the engineering decks for the source of separation because you'd need one on the on because you know the saucer can split into two ships. That's one of the features of the Enterprise D. Mm. Um, so it would make sense for there to be a medical bay down there, but why would she be using that one? She'd be using the main medical bay. I've no idea. What you're um, no need for her to evacuate. Like, it's a mistake. Um, there's also a relic that Picard picks up at the end and looks at and then just drops it on the floor. Of course. Uh, it's the relic that he mentions being incredibly important to and who? rare. To who? In Next Generation, oh. in the episode where he meets the, the woman, the adventurer woman that he liked. Can't remember her name. Um, but anyway, Generations. Pretty yeah. good. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. Not the crossover movie you'd hope it was, but, you know, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's nice seeing the TNG crew. Of course. But um, Picard Season 3 has kind of done really well with that. I'll be talking about that next time, won't I? Really? Next finale's this week. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite happy with it. What do you think's going to happen? Um, Picard's going to... Uh, well, he's already did the Picard manoeuvre. I don't know. They've What's done, the Picard manoeuvre? It's when he sits down and he pulls his shirt down. Oh. Yeah, he does that all the time. Look up the Picard manoeuvre. Anyway, your review. Okay, so my next review is going to be the series Beef. Femme Le Beef. Beef. The Beef. The Beef is a new Netflix series. It's the first series being made by A24. Oh. Do you know who A24 are at? They're the guys who make the movies. They make the movies! Yeah, they did that one with the nuns. They did nuns on the run. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So Beef is... Beef is a steadily escalating series of misunderstandings and spiteful actions in which two characters, played by Stephen Young and Ali Wong, um, just destroy each other's lives um, in in just in just a cascade of madness. It is both incredibly difficult to 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 watch and also difficult to stop watching. I. I binged this entire season. You watched a cannibal a show. Is this a cannibal no. show? No. I I binged this entire series because from episode one I was drawn in to just the fucking weirdness of it all, but also just like how um, how fascinating these because they're both like so basically so Stephen Young is like a handyman who. Is is struggling to keep things afloat, but he's doing his best, and he's he's mostly just quite spiteful and bitter about his about his lot in life. And Ellie Wong is is fairly successful as like a she she has a a, a store where she sells boutique plants essentially, and in that same boutique plant store, her husband, who is the son of a quite prolific artist is, like, selling his weird vases as well, or vases, depending on where you are. Oh, why did this guy stop acting in the 90s? Who's that? Jack Vinson. Why did he stop? Oh, is this the wizard kid? Yeah, why did he stop acting in the 90s? Oh, just have a Google ad. Have a Google, yeah. find out. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, um, when it came to, like, the first episode, we were introduced to both these characters. Stephen Yeun seems quite pathetic. He's trying to return a bunch of grills um, for an undisclosed reason. And the person behind the checkout has given him shit. And we start to see his life and, like, where he lives and how he's living and, and his disappointment in where he is in life and wishing that he could have more. And just, like, basically just digging himself more and more into a hole. 
And then Ali Wong is selling her business, her plant business, to a large chain who are going to house her plants in each of their big mega stores. Think like Walmart, but with like a boutique section for her plants. What kind of plants? They're like just weird little fucking like cactuses and stuff, but they're all like boutique oh, looking, not like pretty. Alien ones that eat people. No, no, no. And there's some. Because that would be a good time like, beef and feed them. The woman plants. who. I'm pretty sure it's. it's um, The woman who runs the big chain store that she's selling to. She's a bit crazy and she's obsessed with like other cultures. I touch kids. Yeah, like a lot. Um, (laughs) she's obsessed with like other cultures and she has like a, not Fred Savage. No, she's obsessed with other cultures and she has like a room full of like, like crowns and decorative masks. Like these things made out of like really intricate gold spun, like ancient masks that like belong to cultures and, definitely shouldn't be owned by an insane woman and like it's just it's just insane the whole thing's insane and like Ali Young Ali Wong sorry the only reason that she gets into this disagreement with Stephen Young is she struggles with road she, rage um, thingy from Scott Pilgrim always be my maybe no Ali what is it Ali Wong the um, Knives Chow in Scott Pilgrim versus the world no isn't there no one aware of I don't think so I can't remember. Isn't that a name? Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's if you want to watch a program that is all about the slow destruction of two people's lives as they as they just become more and more insane about everything that's happening, then yes. ro- watch this incredible series. It's ten episodes. It's really worth watching. I got drawn in like immediately. I started watching it. And I just could not stop watching it. It was so Ooh. fucking interesting. All prestige dramas now are about. Some guy who starts doing bad things. No, this isn't about like it, it. It isn't so much about him doing bad things. That's kind of that's kind of not what it's about. It's more about like how they are just letting shit get out of hand because both of them are unwilling to forgive the other one, and they just need to keep destroying each other's each other's shit. Like, and she's got so much more money than him, but he is he holds a lot of secrets about her. And has and has sort of slightly integrated himself into her life through like being a fucking creep, um, and and made it so that like he is also aware of a lot of her foibles and her like well, like just the miss like the spaces the gaps in her armor. He knows about the gaps in her armor, and he's like going to exploit that, and it's very interesting, uh, really fucking good. Highly recommend this. It's a Tom Atkins. It's another Tom Atkins, with the the just the slight note that. If you don't, if if you have like very low patience for some some weird decisions made by characters, because it's not always justifiable in what Stephen Yun does. He's quite a selfish person, so you do sort of side with Ali Wong more, just because she does seem to be trying, but then that very quickly becomes evident that she's not trying for the right reasons. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Really fucking good. Really enjoyable. Really strong cast. Um, and, and just one fantastic kid actor. There's a kid actor in here that's not insufferable. And we get to kid actors being fucking insufferable shortly. But, uh, Tom Atkins for... Tom Beef. Atkins isn't a child actor. He was at one point. Was he? Yeah, because he was a child and he's an actor. Get over yourself, you fucking... What are you doing, you reductive oh. bastard? Your review. I met Tom Atkins. Yeah, you did. Your review, Ant. Do you remember that? Yeah, I've got evidence of it. Yeah. Your review, Anne. You didn't meet him, did you? You, Your review, Anne. Mm. 
I give me and Tom Atkins a Tom you, Atkins. Yeah, you're giving it to Tom Atkins, are you? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Your review, Anne. Right, Star Trek Voyager season four. Oh, for I watched. Well, I'm on season five now. Season four, we watched that. I watched it. That's the season where Seven of Nine is introduced. Oh yeah, Jerry Ryan. Yeah, hottest lady in the nineties. Is she? Um, Jerry Ryan in the nineties. Fucking. I mean, Jerry Ryan today, to be honest. But freaking Jerry Ryan in the nineties. She was sexy, and they knew it. Uh... They put her in a jumpsuit. She's a Borg. It gets let. Out, it gets freed from the collective. Elizabeth Hurley was still around. Jerry Ryan. Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley is probably a turf. You reckon? Yeah, I'm going to guess. She's rich, so probably. No, maybe. Yeah. No, but... no, I think she's she's very LGBTQ plus supportive. <laughs> she was a fembot. That's what she was. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, season four, we say goodbye to Kess because Jennifer Lean had a drinking problem, so they needed to get off the show. <laughs> um they're, apparently they mixed around the first few episodes and she was originally meant to leave like four episodes in to make it seem not quite like they were shoving her out the doors they were bringing Jerry Ryan in. Oh yeah. But um, budgets and schedules sort of conflicted and they needed to get Jerry Ryan out of the ball costume sooner so they did the episode where she gets where stuff happens and they get her out of the ball costume sooner and Jerry and and um, Kess sort of she becomes like an omniscient life form her race has always been psychic, but it's like there's some sort of thing on her planet that stops them from going to their full potential, and she becomes psychic and gives Joy Voyager a little boost to send them further through space. It was nice of her. It was nice of her. Um, they bring Kess back in a later series, and they bring her back as like an alternate reality psychopath version of her, which is a bit weird thing to do to a character mm. who people quite liked. Um, but you know, it doesn't matter, because now we've got Seven of Nine. She's taller. She's curvier. She's got a costume that's clearly designed to like make sure everyone can see every curve on her. Um, does feel like you're being pandered to, but you know what? I'm fine with that. That's cool. <laughs> if they want to do that. She was in Dark Skies. Do you remember the show Dark Skies? It was one series, and it was meant to be like an anthology thing where it would go through decades. Dark Shadows? No, Dark Skies. It was about um, UFOs and stuff, and Jerry Ryan was an assassin in that, and she'd hit a gun in her cleavage. She'd pull the gun out. Completely normal place where you'd hide it. Yeah, she's got big cleavage. Um, I didn't remember she was Didn't in Two and a, a Half Men. You had a go about me talking about. No, it's Jerry Ryan. It's fine. Yeah, but you she had issues knows. with me talking about sad titties. She fought The Rock once. Okay. You had so, issues with me talking about sad titties, and here you are objectifying you a woman. This is from Jerry Ryan, man. In the nineties, you... Jerry Ryan in the nineties. Oh, so it's okay when you talk about someone's tits. It's Jerry Ryan today. You are okay with when you talk about someone's tits, but when I do it, it's bad. I'm not mocking. I wasn't mocking. Sad titties, you said. It's an actual thing. That's I mean, it's, that's not the medical term for it. Sad titties is not the medical term. Anyway, this series, Voyager, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, you do see the start of it becoming the Janeway and Seven of Nine show, because they... I mean, it makes sense to concentrate a lot on Seven of Nine early on, get that's her development it. going, get her getting used to... Becoming an individual and learning who she is and all this does sort she? of stuff. She does gradually. She's learning. She's, she's learning. learning. You got to give her time. Yeah. What does she, she know about? She has a really life? good episode towards the end of the season. Not what much she because she was assimilated life? as a child. Hmm. So she all she knows is from the ball. Sounds like lolly. But she's trying her best to learn how to be a functioning human being on the ship. She upsets a lot of people. Um, there's a good one where there's a guy who's like a sex predator 
who may have like knocked her out and violated her. He took nano p- p- things from her, but it's it's phrased framed as like he sexually assaulted her. Basically, same thing. But he touched her and she backfists him and knocks him across the engineering room. <laughs> that was good. That one. Um, there's a this is this is a season season as well that has the Year of Hell two parter, which was teased during season three. Oh, Year of Hell. Yeah, which is a big moment. They wanted to do the writers wanted to do Year of Hell as a full season, and it would basically be every episode would be this thing where everything's going to shit the whole way through the season. Yeah, and there's like some sort of temporal villains who are using time travel stuff. The time mechanics, because there's a lot of time travel stuff in Voyager. Mm. Um, but they ended up like getting it cut down. They wanted to do four episodes, and they're like, no, nah, it's too much. You're going to get it cut down to two episodes. And it works, but it does feel brief. Oh, okay. um, but it does have Kurtwood Smith in it, so... <gasps> Legend. Um, but it's quite a good episode where Kurtwood Smith's this alien who's like, he's lost this war with his race, and he's got this ship that sort of exists outside of time. No one in their ages or anything. They just live in there. Like time's permanently frozen for them. They don't yeah. advance, they don't get old or anything. And they're travelling around and he's trying to fix the territory that his race used to hold on to because they lost loads of it by using this ship that erases things from history. So when he erases something from history, it erases everything they ever did and changes the timeline around it. Oh, right. So it erases, them, like, it erases their entire existence from history and any influence yeah. they would have had. Does it replace them with someone? No. Just completely erases the entire thing. So how does that naturally happen? So do they? It like... does naturally happen. It's a massive, great, big time ship thing. Oh <laughs> right. So does it just like really fuck up the time stream? But he's trying to make it so that all the balance of power is in the favor of his race. But it's also because he lost his wife and he's trying to bring back the planet that they oh, lived on. That's like an episode of Fringe. Yeah. Fringe probably ripped it off. From yeah, this. probably. Um, this has Peter. Weller. But there's all this fun stuff where Which like is quite funny because yours has Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. There's as Peter Weller. Yeah. It's like a Robocop. Peter Weller was in the Star Trek, I think. Was he? Um, pretty sure, yeah. I think he was in an episode of Enterprise. Yeah, he was oh. a villain in Enterprise towards the end of the series. Um, but there's like good stuff in that where Chakotay's been captured by him and he's trying to he's trying to think, well, can we use this in a way to make it so that Voyager never enters this territory and then we don't get involved in this and it doesn't cause all these problems? Um, fish. But um, he tries to erase an asteroid, but it turns out this asteroid had like microbes on it and it effectively seeded life throughout the entire region of space <gasps> so if he had destroyed that asteroid they actually done it did simulations they didn't actually destroy it yeah. but if they'd erased it from history it would have wiped out life on like 17 planets Jesus. and he's like yeah so you've got to think about the mechanics and all this sort of stuff yeah that's what I mean because like it's a really interesting concept for a villain thing and he think he's convinced he's right the whole way through again this and, sounds very similar to that Fringe episode yeah. I think you'd like Fringe Fring- nah can't be asked you never watched it nah no it's really good it's no X no, I think you'd still really like I'm it. I'm trying it's to watch Grimm. Grimm wasn't very good. I watched Grimm. Didn't like it. Uh, no, it's like the first season's real tough to get through, but once you get past the first first season, like first guy's season too handsome. Yeah, maybe that's it. He looks like the guy from Dharma and Greg. I'll tell you what I've started watching. Charmed. Oh. I'm I'm at oh. twelve episodes in, love oh. it. It's actually oh. quite good. You have to get to the point where you have to stop and watch look at Shan Doherty's topless photo she had taken of herself. No. That's why she got fired from the show. Really? She paid a paparazzi to snap photos of her topless in her back garden and leak them to the press so she could get like all over the newspapers and stuff. And it turned out she you know, she'd paid him and they were like, Yeah, you're off the show, love. Did you ever watch Supernatural? Supernaturals. Yeah. No, freaking It's actually pretty good. I was thinking about talking about supernaturals. Um, Jerry Ryan a seven- oh for god's sake <laughs> I'm trying to talk about Voyager Jesus Christ there's another two-parter in this series that's quite fun yeah 
Um, Two-parter? Are you yeah. talking about tits again? Maybe. Stop talking about but tits! There's a lot of episodes that focus on the race called the Herogen in this series. Yeah? And they're, they're hunters. Oh, and they, are they? They start off like nine foot tall, but when they start running out of nine foot tall actors, they get like more closer to regular human height with platform shoes on. Um, but they're kind of like predators, but the predator, like as in the predator, not 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 Chris Hansen, not, Kevin not people that Chris Hansen deals with. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> it just turns up. To, it's like, you came to this planet to meet this little girl. Did you bring condoms just, with just you? Take a just take a seat. Did you bring a responsible man carries condoms around with him all the yeah, time? Yeah. You? Did you also happen to bring some Henry Hypno? <laughs> did you did you happen to also bring some Mike's Heart lemonade? Mm. I just so happen to have six pack. Do they sell that in your quadrant of the universe, do they? Mm. Do they sell that anyway, because there's you an come episode from a species without alcohol? It starts off and Jane weighs a Klingon and she's what? fighting a Herogen and she gets stabbed. What? And then they un- you're gonna explain it. And No, like, it's not! They take her to the sick bay and it's like this Herogen's like heal him. Heal her and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I've found a new program we're going to use. And he's basically, what they've done is they've put little things in the Voyager crew's necks to basically make them think they're effectively hologram pro- holographic programs. So it's basically the personalities of holographic programs are being fed into them. And they're using the holodeck as a way of like simulating conflicts from all around the galaxy so they can just permanently hunt people in there. And he gets fixated on the World War Two one. And, like, all the Starfleet crew are, like, playing resistance members and stuff, or American military and all this sort of stuff. And they've got the holodeck, and they're gradually expanding the reach of the holodeck by putting emitters everywhere they can. Yeah. So it spreads out as far as they can. And this captain of the Herogen's, like, he's, like, he's doing this because he's, like, wow, it's amazing humans went through all this horrible shit and, you know, they survived and stuff. That makes them a worthy foe for us. Yeah. Um, But he also, like... Hates the fucking Nazis, even though he's he's using he's he's playing the part of a Nazi in the holodeck program, and he just like you know gets right in the face of this one Nazi officer who's uh, a piece of shit. But just when they're about to like give up on the program, that Nazi officer forgives like obviously the pre-programmed we will support the Hitler and all this sort of stuff and the Führer, and it convinces one of the Herogens like yeah actually that's a really good idea. Oh god! And then it just turns into a whole war. Because um, the safety protocols are off in the holodeck, so it's all bad and stuff. They blow open part of the holodeck and they're convinced that it's some sort of secret Nazi camp when really it's like the part of Voyager they've blown up in the inside. A really good episode because it's like it, they all think they're World War Two resistance fighters. So you're you're seeing it from the perspective of the the crew. Yeah, they're fighting like, the Herogens. Who they who see are as Nazis. The Nazis. Yeah, but Seven of Nine gets injured and the Doctor does something to her. And she wakes a up. A Borg stuff to sort of wake her mind up. Is this up. the hologram doctor? Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Friggin' yeah, Robert Picard is fantastic. He is show. fantastic. But it's a fun two-par. It's, it does feel like one that probably would have normally been a single episode, but I guess if they if you're going to invest in doing loads of sets for World War II era stuff and going to a place where you can film World War II looking stuff, you're probably going to want to spread that budget out over a couple of episodes maybe. Was Robert Picard, cost a- it was his doctor, did it, it was AI, wasn't he? It was a hologram. Yeah, no, it was a hologram, but it was like an AI construct. Yeah, yeah. He learned and stuff. Like he yeah. was, a, he had personality. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Was he based on an actual person? What in the world of Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. There's a Doctor Zimmerman who created him, and he's just like a copy of Doctor Zimmerman. Yeah, okay. he used his like his likeness. Because Do they meet him? He wanted. He's in Deep Space Nine. He turns up in an oh, episode because okay. he's making the second generation of holographic Doctor, and he bases it on Julian Bashir. And when like people have surgery and stuff, does the doctor hold tools or does the arm come down and do he it? He holds it because he's a they're hologram. They're holograms. They're not. They're not holograms like in corporeal light. 
Oh, right, so hard... No. Yeah, they're like actual hard light. Yeah, because the holograms, like are, they've got matter. Yeah. Because they, the, the, hol- the holodecks are a combination of light projection and transport and matter being used to fill out the pieces. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, they're like real things. And, you know, they've actually got physical mass yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And you can, they can replicate food. Like if they if they go to a restaurant in a holodeck, it just replicates the food and pops it in <coughs> for them to eat. Cool. But that's that's the technology. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, the guy who plays the Nazi officer in this turns up later in the series as a Borg drone. Um, the Doctor's holographic emitter, which is like from the 27th century or some shit. That's from a previous story. Um gets some nanoprobes in it and it it infects it like stabs one of the crew members and clones him and grows a Borg drone with like 29th century 27th century technology in him and he's all like he's having a lesson he's learning lessons and seven of nines learning how to sort of be a parent figure to him um that episode's really good really touching at the end because obviously they have to kill him by the end of the episode because you can't have another drone walking around the ship oh yeah of course too much makeup to put on um and he looked like that nazi officer from the holiday program no what's that but um, it's quite a good episode because it starts off with Seven of Nine practicing. You see her like with no one's around. She's like practicing smiling in a reflect in a reflection because everyone finds her scary and it's, you can tell it bothers her mm. a little bit. And so you see her practicing reflections. But at the end of the episode, it comes full circle after her bald drone son's died. He was called One because he didn't have a group. He was just one of one. Um, you just see him. She looks at a reflection. She's like all anguished and pained. And it's like, you know, she was trying to make a real genuine emotion at the start. But the only real way to get a genuine emotion is to experience things, isn't it? You can't fake a genuine emotion. So, unless you're a sociopath. I was going to say. Seven of Nine's not a sociopath. She's she's learned in. Good for her. But, um, you know, fun series all around. Decent set of episodes. I can't remember exactly which episodes were there and which ones were in season five. Because I've started season five and I'm a few episodes into that now. So I might get some crossed over. Oh, really good episode that's nice existential crisis for when you get older. Um, when Neelix dies in an accident and Seven of Nine, because she's involved in every episode, um, she uses Borg tech to bring him back to life because he's still, you know, got some electricity going on in there. Um, and he starts having an existential crisis because he didn't see his afterlife that he was talking about earlier in the episode. And he like starts freaking out. He's like, I have this whole thing. We believe this. There's like an afterlife and all our friends are waiting for us and there's a big tree and none of it was there. And he's freaking out. And he's been telling the little girl that lives on the spaceship that was born on there all about it and how it comforts him all the time. And now she's asking more questions, but he knows it doesn't exist. Great episode. Ethan Phillips like being a fantastic actor because he is a great actor. Yeah. Just covered in weird makeup because he's Neelix. Not enough Neelix and Tuvok episodes in this series. Do you remember when he was in he was in um the island? The um the Well the Michael Bay film. The Michael Bay film The Island. Fun fact about Michael Bay. He killed a woman yeah. and then reused the scene that she died in from Transformers. No, she was horribly injured. Yeah. Life changing injuries. He reused the stunt scene that she was in from Transformers curse the whatever the fallen no that was the other way around they 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 got this they shot a action sequence in for the the island yeah the car chase in transformers a woman got injured like a cable cut the top of her head open yeah 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 didn't kill her no um 
but they got told they weren't allowed to shoot anymore, so they just used shot footage from the island to complete the. Oh, is that sequence. what it was? Yeah. Okay, okay. But Ethan Phillips in in the island. Yeah. Star Trek actors appear in a lot of Michael Bay films because Michael Bay's a massive Star Trek nerd. Yeah. Um, believe it or not. Yeah. Maybe he should direct a Star Trek film. You know what? Wouldn't be bad if you've seen Ambulance. He could probably do a decent one. Ambulance is essentially... The guy who directs Fast and the Furious made the best Star Trek film for like 20 oh, years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, sure, let someone else do a Star Trek yeah, film. Not Tarantino, though. I know they keep no. saying that. I don't want Tarantino directing a Star Trek film. That'd be bad. But um, also not Jonathan Frakes, because he's a bit of an uninspired director. He directed First Contact, though. Yeah, which Good. wasn't bad. And, and Insurrection, which wasn't great. Yeah. But they had F. Murray Abrams in it, and everyone likes him. Yeah, they yeah they do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Who's the other one? Who's Skeletor? Frank Langella. Yeah, he's in an episode of Star Trek as well. Is he? Yeah. Does he play Skeletor? No, he should have. Why would I fucking care? <laughs> he should. He was. Why that Skeletor I? figure they brought out the yeah, movie Skeletor? Awesome, I kind of want to. Oh. Um, I don't like the He-Man one though because they obviously didn't want to they, play Dolph Lundgren for his face. Gwildor though, I'd love a Gwildor. Can you get me a little tiny Gwildor? I want a no. Gwildor. I can get you. I can get you a. Um, I want the synthesizer. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one knows the keys to play. Oh yeah, in I just order to get us to home. To play the keyboard. Well, maybe <laughs> someone with some musical knowledge who could learn it from me. Courtney Cox helped him. What's her name? Courtney Cox. Arquette. Not recently. <laughs> Courtney. Courtney Cox. Court, court, Courtney Shut Cox. Up. Have you caught any? Look, and your misogyny is too much for me to bear. No, start, season four start on so I'm just checking. Any more great episodes? There's too many Herogen episodes in this series, but I mean, it makes sense because they're traveling through space and stuff. Yeah. There's an episode called Nemesis, which is, I think, the first time a title of a TV episode <laughs> was used that ended up becoming a movie title. No, that's not true because the series is called Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> And there's Star Trek. Oh, the finale's quite fun. The movie. The finale has Ray Wise in it. Who? Ray Wise. Oh, what, the devil? Yeah. From... Twin Peaks. No, the devil from... Uh, what was the series? The first episode was directed by Kevin Smith. It's where the kid has to capture lost souls for the devil because his parents sold his soul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the name of that series? That was a good series. But Ray Wise is in the... Yeah, Ray Wise was the devil in that. It was really good. He's an alien. He's also the devil in... Uh, no, he wasn't the devil. He was the father in Infestation, which is a little-known uh, bug alien monster movie from, like, 2008. Really he's in, good. He's, he's in Star Trek. Shut the fuck up. He's in good stuff as well. He's in Dead End. Played the dad. Where they're all in purgatory. He's in my review now. Yeah, sure. Who's this cunt now? Getting all stroppy. You throw another suck. Ray Wise had funny makeup on. Oh, did he? Yeah, did he? Had, he's he always big, wearing makeup. He's he a, a fucking actor, right? He had a big wrinkly head. <laughs> Look, he's in God is Blind too. No, no, sorry, God is Dead. God is Blind. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was in God is Dead too. Yeah, yeah. God is Dead too. He plays a lawyer. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's the devil. He's the devil. Because yeah, mm. lawyers are the devil. Uh. All right, so my next review is a very important review, Ant, because me, as a 34-year-old man, has to have an opinion on this. As I'm sure you do. Cause, 34? Yeah. What? Uh, what? Shut the fuck up. Anyway. People compliment me on how young I look. You know, do they? Yeah. Do they? Yeah, especially old ladies. Yeah? yeah. Especially old ladies. <laughs> you know why? 
because they want to touch your dick. And every new member of staff has to go through that phase where they refuse to believe how old I am. No, they just want to touch your dick. Yeah, true. Just take it as everybody wants to touch your dick. And then when you're masturbating in a plant whilst trapping someone in the room and Louis C.K. is like defending you on tour and taking the Ukraine to do comedy, just remember who told you how to get up in the stardom world. Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) Anyway... Do you remember when? Do you remember when Louis C.K. right before he found we we all well, found before out, he wanked himself in front of yeah uh, before he him. before he found out he was a sexual predator yeah he released a film called I Love You Daddy or he made a film called I Love You Daddy which is about him dating his friend's daughter hmm. and his friend in turn dating his daughter that's an episode of Louis wasn't it he starts I can't remember I can't remember either the only episode of Louis that I remember are the ones with David Lynch in them and Robin Williams oh yeah. Those are the only good episodes of Louis because Louis's barely fucking talking in them because mm. he's shown to be a fucking dumbass. Anyway, I saw the Mario Bros movie. Oh, the Mario that's Bros. David Lynch movie. in that. Pardon? It's David Lynch. Yes. Yeah, David Lynch. Is... Yes. He comes out and goes, "I don't understand what you're trying to do here." We've seen Meet the Fablemans where he's like, "If the horizon's up high, it's interesting. If the horizon's low." It's interesting. If it's in the middle, it's full of shit. <laughs> Do you see what this man's doing? Hmm. He's pointing his gun where? At the horizon. At the director of cinematography. Oh my god, Alec Baldwin, what are you doing? <laughs> um, He's still tweeting away. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Mate. Yeah. The world's a fucked up place. Anyway, so, um, so Super Mario Bros. movie. I, as a, as, as an almost middle-aged man, need to have an opinion on this movie. Because this movie, clearly made for children, is, is pretty shit. But it's a kid's film. So does it matter? Yeah, but the gamers have, um, taken up arms to defend it as much as possible. Does it matter that Even this is a kid's film? it says that Cranky Kong is Donkey Kong's dad, which is absolute fucking bullshit. Like. <laughs> does it matter that this product, based yeah. on something that I enjoy, is bad? No, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm. It's a bad movie. Like, I don't think anyone was in any any like. I don't think anyone had any any allusions to the fact that it was bad. Like it's made by imagination. The people that made the fucking Minions movies and Despicable Me, it was always going to be bad, right? Th- there are two things that I can say in its favour. One, it looks incredible, right? It's a beautiful looking movie. Like everyone's designed well. Everything looks amazing. There's some interesting little, like, sight bits and pieces here and there that are very obvious if anyone's ever played any of the games. And just, yeah, it looks beautiful. Like those fucking six-year-olds. The other thing that's in its favour mm. is there is a blue flame star thing. That I think it's from Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Rosalina, I think, has one. It's like, flame star. What is it? What's it called? The, um, Wisp or whatever. Wispy? I don't know. Anyway. Lumis. Yeah. There's one of those trapped in a cage yeah. in the dungeon of of Cooper. And all it does, in a very cute voice, say really dour shit. And it made me laugh every fucking time. I lost my mind. It's amazing. Like, Luigi gets lowered down into this pit. And it's just like cages hanging above lava. And this little blue star thing just goes, fresh meat for the grind. <laughs> and... And, like, as they're being lowered down, the, the star's like, yes, finally, mercy, <laughs> like that. And I, I fucking loved it. 
It's in this kids' film. The thing I love most is a character that seems to be not only waiting for death, beckoning its its fucking embrace, and it was funny as shit. The rest of the film's dog shit. I didn't make me laugh once. It's a Mario movie though. He's got more lives, surely. What the star? Yeah, probably. No, I hope not, because he doesn't really want to live. I don't. Did think. Rosalina not want to rescue him? No, not from what I can tell. She's not even in the movie. Fucking! Why would you not put my tall queen in the movie? Um, there are like so. The plot is, if you can even say that there's a plot, Mario and Luigi are are like plumbers, and they're trying to like make a name for themselves. And they see that part of Brooklyn is flooded, so they head down to go and help. And they say, oh, they're looking in the wrong place because Mario has like some sort of intuition when it comes to plumbing. And he goes, it's over here. And he lifts up one of the sewer drains. And as he lifts it up, that seems to actually solve the issue, which you'd think would be enough. But he goes, maybe if we go down here, we can find out how this happened. Mm. So they cross a perilous pipe to go and get to a get to a. Uh, what's it called? A fucking Wait, valve. This, this is a very valve. similar to how the first movie, the original. A valve thing. So he gets to the valve thing, and he goes to go and turn it, but then the pipe breaks, and they go down, and they find a tunnel. Oh. And that tunnel takes them to the Mushroom Kingdom, but sadly, hmm. Luigi, as they're travelling to the Mushroom Kingdom, gets taken off to the side and ends up in the Badlands which is Cooper's territory. And he gets like a really nice, like, as I was saying, this film looks brilliant. And he basically ends up near a dry bones, ends up knocking the dry bones. And like, like he has like this little comedy moment where he knocks dry bones over and he he goes, ah, I gotcha. And then it's eyes light up and he's like, oh no, it's coming back to life. Puts the helmet on. He puts his hat back on. And then he realizes there's hundreds of them coming out this ground. And the, the actual, Thing looks amazing. He's like running, and there's just hundreds of dry bones just chasing after him across this rickety bridge. And he's able to get into this house, and he closes the door, and he's captured by Cooper. And that's going to get a shell and kick the, the shell. And I mean, that's a lot him. of extra lives he could get Freeze from him. them. Let's get the shell. Yeah. Um, no, because that only temporarily knocks him down. The dry bones come back. Don't well, they? after it's knocked down like five or six of them, you'll get extra lives for each one that's taken out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See. Um. So. Um. Yeah, it's it it's and then from there Mario goes through a training thing. He doesn't like mushrooms, that's a joke. Oh. He has to eat them to get big and powerful, but he doesn't Is like he, mushrooms. Do you not like was it Luigi didn't like mushrooms in the first in the care. in the original Do the not classic. Care. Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper, Samantha Mathis star in classic. I just know he doesn't like anchovies. That's the turtles. No, no. turtles love anchovies. No, that's John Leguizamo in spawn. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he goes, ugh, I hate anchovies, it's covered in maggots. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not a very good film. Like, there are, like, moments that look really nice, but, like, the film doesn't really make any sense. And it doesn't, like, so I went, this was the second film we went to see with Liv. This, oh, sorry, this is the first film we went to go see this, and then we went to go see How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And we went to go see Mario, and, like, when we were in there, right. like, Liv was said... Mario in the pipeline? Yeah. Um, Liv kept... Yeah, it was... There was, like, some Liv link the between the together. two. There is another link, but we're going to get to that in a second. But, like, the thing that Liv kept saying was, like, where it looked like it was attempting to do gameplay, it was the most boring. And the funny thing is that, like, where they try and do something that looks like gameplay, to someone who doesn't play the games, it looks like gameplay. To someone who's played the games, it looks nothing like any of the games. 
It just looks like they're trying to emulate that sort of thing and make it look kind of like them, but without any of the fun because you're not playing it. Is there a hilarious sequence where Mario has to pretend to be a doctor? No. I wouldn't get Metal Girl for He's not trained. Here's the weird thing, right? There are, like, almost jokes throughout this, and, like, there are, like, what look to be the setup to jokes, but then they don't do anything with it. So there's, like... Can't be too funny. Either they don't do anything with it, or they don't know how to tell a joke because... There's a moment where Mario saves Donkey Kong. They, they're introduced as rivals because, like, Mario has to fight Donkey Kong to get the Kongs help fighting Koopa. Like, the whole thing is just, like, a journey to try and get their army. And, like, they're in the water, and Donkey Kong's like, Donkey Kong's like, if you tell anyone you saved me, I'll, I'll come get you. And then, like, Mario's response is something like, okay, then I won't. And it's like, what? 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 Well, you come get me, I'll kick Donkey Kong in his conky dong. Fucking stand back, bitch. That's what Mario would say. But it's just like... Brap, brap, And, like, there's things like... The Kong rap plays as Donkey Kong comes out. Yeah. Like, the original version. But it's just like... And then there's shit... Kirkhope didn't get credited for that. No, he didn't, no. There's Mm. also, like... There's, like, a weird reliance on, like... Like, actual music. Like, like chart music. Where they've got these beautiful reinterpretations of the Mario music, like recognizable Mario music, like da 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 da, plays for like ten seconds, and they've got like the Mario music and stuff. And then for some reason, when they go into the Mario Kart section, because of course there's a Mario Kart section, yeah, where Donkey Kong apparently his people make carts, and that's how they get around. And so Mario goes. The shy guys make the carts. They they all go get their carts. You see Mario's penis like you did in that one Mario no, comic. They all. Get their carts, and then for some reason, Aha's Take On Me plays. Okay, why? <laughs> I don't know! It no. was so annoying to me! Is it because they brought a song library, like all yes. the studios do? Yes! And they just have to find something. They played they Thunderstruck at one point. Oh, God. No one's struck by Thunder! Six year olds are really famously fans of ACDC. <laughs> I and said Aha. that during the thing. Yeah. Um, it's just. Did they only get as far as A in their song yeah. library? Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, it's just, it's such a weird, like, the problem is that, again... Next song that plays is, Give me some love! Give me some skin! <laughs> oh, I love that, that song. Pays <laughs> nothing. I've seen them live. That's as far as they got on the alphabet. That, I've seen them live. Does some ABBA play? Maybe. Honestly, um, if ABBA plays in that film, convinced they didn't get past A in the so, song library. So here's the thing, right? Like, I went to go see this on, on Monday, mm. on the Easter Monday. So it's a bank holiday. And the cinema was full of kids... And no one laughed. None of the kids laughed. None of the adults laughed. No, not one point. But they were also glued to the screen. They didn't, like, get fidgety and start running around or anything like that. They were watching it. They just... None of it was funny. And none of it made them laugh. And I'm going to spoil the ending a little bit because it, it's weird. So, Princess Peach bursts into their apartment with a shotgun. No, thing, so, And she goes, Mario, you're not going to believe this. So Bowser has, like, a giant bullet bill. He's launching towards the Mushroom Kingdom, a bit like the Smash Brothers level. A bit like you know, like where you've got the every so often the bullet bill like hits the like, but it's like ten times the size of that one. Mario kicks it to try and get it to chase him, and then he leads it into the tunnel that led him to the Mushroom Kingdom, which doesn't make any sense. Send it back to the real world, but it didn't come from the real world. And also, for all he knows, that's the only way for him to get home. Yeah, we're sending it back to the real world. Why? So our boys in blue can <laughs> take it down. 
Like, why did he do that? He jumps out and goes, hey, guys, there's a bullet bill coming. I need you all to take it out. Wahoo. But why does he do that? shoot it. But why does he do that? Why does he blow up Brooklyn <laughs> with a bullet bill? It doesn't make any sense. Why is Battle Without Honor or Humanity <laughs> in the soundtrack? Oh, it's just bad, mate. Like, you wouldn't believe when some of these songs <laughs> yeah. play as well. Well, the Mario Brothers are out. Yeah, that's which in Which was written, do you know who it was written by? Who? Haim Saban and Shuki Levy, the guys who did Power Rangers. So, the Mario movie is an, it's, it would be an Adam Sandler if it wasn't for that star, that, if it wasn't for that blue flaming star that was just the best thing in the whole movie, constantly making me laugh with just its very depressing little comments. Um, and just, it was just incredible. Just incredible. But what I'm gonna do. No style. Is I'm gonna. In the interest of, of, you know, still offering something to the people that that love Mario Bros. Well, there's a Biscuit song. Yeah, there's a Limp Biscuit song, song in there. Um, so here's some facts about the Super Mario Brothers movie, some Easter eggs that Hard Drivers has sent out there for people to, to talk about. So I'm going to give you some of the some of the great Easter eggs from the Mario movie, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto's... Uh, sorry, Shigeru Miyamoto's... You really nailed it. Perfect. Miyamoto... Shigeru Miyamoto. Okay. Social security number is shown several times. Nope. <laughs> um, I don't think that's true. There's several nods to Mario's Muslim they don't faith. don't have social security numbers in several, Japan. Several nods to Mario's Muslim faith. That's true. Fans were elated to see a reference to information in the original Mario Bros. manual when Mario faces Mecha praised Allah five times in the movie's runtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bowser. Eagle Eye viewers would notice subtle nods to Mario's antagonist, Bowser, in the 45 minutes Bowser is on screen. So just in case you missed that. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Among the talented voice cast is a cameo from Keegan-Michael Key, who Nintendo cites as the original visual inspiration for Mario. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. The GameCube theme. Yeah, Luigi's ringtone is the GameCube theme. (laughs) What website are you getting these from again? Uh, Hard Drive. Hard Drive, yeah. Yeah. Um, Charles Martinet is in it. He makes a brief appearance in the opening scene of the movie uh, to remind viewers of how better it would be if he were voicing Mario. That's always good. Luigi's bisexuality. <laughs> While not overtly stated in the film, it's pretty obvious. Well, Luigi's a bisexual one. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, Mario's... Well, Luigi is like a reflection of Luigi's dark self. Oh, okay. His id, as it were. Um, so maybe Luigi is in the closet. Um, so here we go. The target audience... Uh, the Mario movie has 92 minutes of hints that the movie is for children. It's weird you care so much about it. <laughs> and uh, as you mentioned, Grant Kirkhope, uh, the movie include, uh, the, the Mario movie includes a reference to DK rap composer Grant Kirkhope's Nintendo career by refusing to acknowledge him or give him any credit for his work. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, great for kids or people recovering from brain surgery. I think you might like the colours, shapes and sounds. It might bring back a flood of memories hearing, for no reason, ours take on me. Oh, yeah, they, they go on Rainbow Road. Yeah. Yeah. They go on Rainbow Road, Because people know Rainbow Road. Yeah, but why are they going on Rainbow Road? Why, why are they going on Rainbow Road? They could have played a song by Rainbow, at least, couldn't they? They could have played, they could have played any song from Mario Kart. Mario Kart has hundreds of tracks. Yeah. 
Does Bane remember to hit the accelerator on the second no. beat? Fucking amateur fucking hell. No way. This is worse than Ready Player One when they didn't go, no one went backwards. So I give this one a Rob Schneider, actually. It's angered me just thinking about it again. Um, but, I, you know, since I read out some read out some lovely little, lovely little facts about Mario, I'm also going to do uh, quotes by the Blue Flame. If you want to get your next review in, Ad. Wahoo, let's go. Oh, they don't. No, 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 no. Does Chris Pratt do it? Does he go, Wahoo, yeah. let's go. Does he go, Wahoo, let's go. I'm not too keen on them gays. Mario says that a couple of times, doesn't he? Yeah. In the film. Yeah. Is there a bit where Cooper Troopers are coming towards him and Mario holds his hand out to keep him? He's like, no. Hey, oh, that's the easy. little blue dude. Easy. I've seen, I don't know what freaking, whatever they're called, looks like from... Not from Mario Galaxy. I need to play Mario Galaxy some more. I haven't played yeah, that for ages. Because I've got that Mario All Star collection, which is 60 quid now at work in CEX. What is? The Mario All Stars collection. Why? It's just going up in price, isn't it? Because you, oh. can't, you can't buy a physical copy of it anymore. You can't download I've, it, um, can you? I had a look because I've got um, uh, Shell and Jump, the game. I've got the cart for it and it got delisted, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I've got that and it's like going up in price. That and. Um, Weirdly enough, that Contra game, the physical release of that's what, going hardcore. Yeah, no, don't. If you if you anyone's even thinking of buying that game, just don't. It's or just buy terrible. my copy. It's awful. Just buy my copy. What happened to the Godzilla game I was enjoying? Oh, I sold it for like a hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, yeah, you did, didn't you? That you, you were enjoying it was gathering fucking dust in your shelf. I was about to unlock Mothra. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah. How long had it been since you tried to unlock Mothra? I've played it quite a bit. I popped it in every now and then. Well, I'll get you a copy on the PS3 and you can play it. No, on the PS4 version. No, you fucking don't. Because <laughs> it's 150 quid. When are we going to get a PS5 remaster? <laughs> Never. With Rage Faced Godzilla scales. Anyway, your review. The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah, this I game. forgot to review it last time. Oh, did you? Yeah, when I was struggling to find stuff for the review, I just review yeah. any old crap. Anyway, Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, it's the best Sonic the Hedgehog game that has been released since Sonic Mania, which was how long ago now? Six, seven years ago almost? It's yeah. worrying that, isn't it? Does anyone remember Sonic Forces? Yeah. Does anyone remember Sonic Frontiers? Yes. No, I played that like twice and traded it in. Um, Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is a game where it's a visual novel with some action mini game thing in it where you're running along an isometric route collecting rings um, but it's mostly a visual novel where you're investigating the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog you see it's Amy's birthday and they're going on a big old special train and oh, it's yeah. a murder mystery pie that they do on this train so the, each carriage is themed with a different thing everyone has to play a role of a different guest and you go out someone's going to get murdered and you have to solve the mystery that's how murder mystery parties work you've, you're aware died. of the concept yeah but Sonic gets killed yeah gets murdered by someone who, I just want to know, I had their fucking number from the start. I I knew right from the start. And I've watched someone else playing through this and he didn't he didn't, he didn't get their number right from the start. I did. Because I'm basically Hercule fucking Poirot up in this shit. Um, I don't know why they had Tails dressed up as like a Sherlock Holmes style detective. He should have been dressed as more of a Poirot detective. Because clearly the, the game is riffing on Murder on the Orient Express. But don't worry about it. It's not important. This is a game made for children um, who like seeing Sonic get murdered. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's really nicely written. Really good sense of humour to it. Like the people who are making it are clearly fans of Sonic the Hedgehog media, fans of the comics and cartoons and stuff like that. 
You know, there's there's references to Sonic's chili dogs, love. There's one joke in there which makes me fucking crack up every time I see it, where there's a wanted poster for Omachow. You know the um, robotic Chow? Oh, yeah. Metal Chow. Yeah, it says, <laughs> they see the poster, the wanted poster, and Tails is like, yeah, it's a real shame what happened to him. He's, you know, just, he's really hit on hard times and everything. And your character goes, what happened to him? He says, medical malpractice. <laughs> um but no, the whole the whole game's just good fun. You're just working through, chatting to the characters. Each character's got a different character in it. You chat to them. You get involved in a heist at one point where Rouge and um, whoever that, I can't remember what the other one's called. The, she's like some psychic woman from another dimension or some shit. I don't fucking know these characters. They're not... They're, I know Vector. I remember Vector and Espio. Silver's not in it because no one likes Silver. No one um, remembers Silver. No one remembers Silver. How many games? Is he only in, he's only in that and Shadow of the Hedgehog, isn't he? 06 and Shadow of yeah. the Hedgehog, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they get involved in the heist you get you get to deal with, which is, you know, fun little segment. There's lots of little silly bits in there as well. Like, you can do silly things like ask everyone what they want for their meal, because you're just meant to be providing everyone with their lunch. But despite the fact the train's all fucked up now and going out of control and, you know, the kitchen's messed up anyway, can't use the microwave... Sonic just wanted his chili dog, man. And he's never going to get it now. Because he's, he's dead. He's fucking... Canonically. Fucking... Yep. Yeah, it's canon. Um, and the little running segments you have to do, they get really tricky towards the end. Yeah. Um, it starts... Because each, each carriage you go into has a different... The running sections have a different obstacle that you're dealing with. But when you get to the last sections of the games, it starts throwing all those obstacles at you at once. And it gets pretty chaotic. Knuckles chaotic. Um, but it's... it's just, Fine, I could do it because I'm pretty awesome at games, you know. I'm pretty, pretty fantastic at video games. Um, uh, but it's kind of silly that this thing that was released on April Fool's Day, as a joke, made by Headcanon, I believe, the actual team that did the development. Mm. But um, it's actually a game that was created by the Twitter social media person who deals with Sega's social media. Yeah, she she's was apparently a behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty silly that. This is the best Sonic game for ages. How much money did they spend on Sonic Frontiers? Probably like Lots. 80, 100 million, probably a lot of money. And I, I got bored of that in a few hours. Uh, um, didn't you complete it? No. But I came in and you go, you were saying to yourself, gotta go fast. Gotta did go you not go fast? Fast to trade it in. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's nice that Vector's in there because Vector always gets forgotten. You're the big alligator guy. Yeah. I like him. And, um, the one from Chaotix that you mentioned before. Yeah, Knuckles. No, Knuckles Chaotix. Yeah, he's in that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he is. I remember him from Sonic. Um, the comic. No, the the arcade game, the one where you're running along. Oh yeah. Isometric racing running game thing yeah. with the track ball. Played that years ago. Sonic Rush. No. Oh. Sega Sonic. That's what it's called. Dragon Ball the Breakers is on offer right now. You're on offer right now. But um, no, this is fun. Free game. You yeah. can just try it out. It's only on PC, which is a bit of a shame. I'm surprised. It works on Steam Deck. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised they port this to Switch or something just to chuck it out yeah, there. Yeah, they they'd make you pay for it, wouldn't they? Yeah. No, no, it's a freebie. They'll okay? okay. Yeah, just chuck it out there. But, um, yeah, it's once again Sega's big 3D game has been outshone by a, a two... Game. Yeah, maybe they should take a... Take a fucking lesson. hint. Yeah. Take a fucking hint. Where's our sequel to Sonic Mania? They're you not know? getting one. They were working on one, and then he got put. He got put over to go and work on that Origins collection. Yeah, so just not great. It's fine. It's not enough, really. Yeah, they're putting 
Game Gear games in it if you pay extra. Oh, are they? Yeah. If you pay extra? Oh, yeah. that's good of them. So for more money, I can get more games. Yeah. Capitalism sucks. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll put them into the canon you can play through the entire storyline with oh, the maybe. Game Gear games as well yeah do it um, do it they wouldn't put that much work into it no but it's you know it's just a nice thing it's funny and nicely nice artwork and you know just just good stuff it feels like you're playing through a chapter of the Sonic Hedgehog comic from the 90s at times yeah which um old people like me remember reading I used to read the Sonic comic. That's where that's. that's... You probably read Sonic Boom or something. I'm 34. Sonic, I'm not 12. Sonic the comic was around. Yeah, I know. Ages ago, I used to read it. You son of a bitch! Stop belittling me just because I'm younger than you. You probably fuck. read that one with the pervy artist. Which one of the pervy artist? There was the pervy. There was a character in it, wasn't there? Who was like a squirrel girl or something? Oh yeah, I remember. And that. she was all naked. And she was not naked. Dreary. She had fur. Yeah, but drawn by a pervert. Quite clearly. I didn't know you drew comics. Yeah, that's right. That's right, bitch. Um, but anyway, the murder of the Hedgehog. Give it a go. Might as well. How about you shut the fuck up? Takes about three hours to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's not one of those ones where you get all sorts of different paths or anything for it. You're, there's only one way the story can play out. Play out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I you can multiple... No, you can't. The, 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 you can't go past a carriage until you've hit the right point in the story and seen everything. And oh, right. it makes you look at everything and ask every question before you can move on. But um, I, I'd like to see more stuff like this. Do a Santiago Jog meets Phoenix Wright thing. You know, solve someone else's murder. Yeah. And maybe when you put the murderer on <laughs> trial for their crimes. <coughs> um. Yeah. Good cool. stuff. Cool. That's my last review because I meant to review that last time. Oh, nice, nice. What's your... nice. Good on you, mate. Good on you. What's your last review? What's my last review? Yeah. What do you think my last review is? Your last review is going to be um, how you managed Death. to lock the bathroom door. How, did, have we opened that now? Yeah. Oh, okay. What happened? I don't know. The door was locked when I it woke was locked up this morning. morning when I went to go to the toilet. Yeah, how did you lock... I what, didn't what lock the fucking door! How would you lock it from the outside? I have no idea, Anne. But I'm assuming that the thing's just loosened and it just went. Maybe. Because it has been looser and looser recently. Much like your hips. Anus. Anus, what? Anus, yeah. That's true. Yeah, much like gonna, my, my clown I was going to hips, in, you know, but you... No, no, you're sure you Speaking anus. about my anus... Yeah. I sat on it for two and a half hours today oh. when I went to go and see... Are you reviewing another one of the dates you've gone on with with Livy? I went to go see the Newsies. That's neither here nor there who I, I mean, went with. I mean, if you keep disliking them. No. So, I didn't like the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. And I didn't, didn't like, like Mario. Mario. Yeah. But I, I loved how to build a... How to blow up a pipeline. Yeah. And I also loved and found it very whimsical... The Newsies musical. Never heard of it. You've never heard of the Newsies? No. Wait, have you really not? Because it's like no. an 80s thing, so have you not no, heard about this? How would I have heard of the Newsies? So the Newsies was like a film, a Disney film in the 80s. And it's all about like, it's all about just a bunch of... fucking musicals out of anything now, Jesus Christ. It's about a bunch of kids that sell Camp. papers. You know the extra, extra, read all about it? That comes from Newsies. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure? It's a Newsies thing. Extra, extra, read all Pretty about sure it. Pretty sure it predates that. Yeah, probably, but where it's like, like the the uh, the actual core of that saying comes from fucking newsies, because we didn't have newsies, we had paper boys, we didn't have fucking newsies, did we? 
What is wrong with you today? That's not what you're about. Anyway, so, alright, so, the story of the Newsies is a lot more than just... I thought it was just going to be a fucking fun music where a bunch of kids selling papers. You know, like, pulling, pulling scams and selling papers. Hmm. But no, the Newsies is actually based on a real event in 1899 in New York when the newspaper vendors, or Newsies, yeah. went on strike because of the cost increase of the papers which caused them to, you know, start having to, you know, pay more for the papers they were selling and living off. These are, a lot of the kids that did it were homeless, poor, and really relied on the income they made from selling papers. Just make their own papers. And uh, we'll get to that, Ant. We'll get to that. All right. So um, so Newsies, the Newsies, the musical is, is about that event, but it's it basically what happens is the newspaper creators, the newspaper printers, increase the cost, and that causes the newsies to go, they can't do this to us, we are their distribution network. If they want to sell more papers, why are they increasing the cost and making it harder for us to buy and sell papers? And they go on strike. Yeah. And by going on strike, they cause a holdup in the news, and they do violent strike action. Like, at one point, they are stopping papers being delivered to news agents, you know, they're... they're stopping the papers from being delivered to other avenues where they may be sold. They're also encouraging other newsies, so they encourage the other boroughs of New York to get together and join them in their strike action, which they eventually do. This is a musical. This is a musical. And uh, and uh, and they all come together. Is there a song called Read All About It? No. No. Oh, okay. They do say, read all about it, extra, extra. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they come together to, to create a union... And stop the newspaper creators with the help of a few, a uh, few, you know, a few senators and and local theatre production runner. They come together and they come up with a plan that is going to help the newsies sell more papers, increase the revenue of the paper company, but also allow them to receive money back for the papers that aren't sold at the end of the day. And the the thinking behind this and all the action they take, the thinking behind it is that what is our incentive to sell papers back to you at the cost we bought them? We're more likely to sell more papers if we can, we're going to like risk, you know, buying more papers to sell if you are willing to buy back the papers we don't. Because risk versus reward, you know, like they Mm. don't want to lug those papers back to the paper mill to get their money back. They want to sell them. They want to make that money. And by encouraging them with that sort of incentive... Sell toilet paper the next day. With that sort of incentive, it means Actually, that... newspapers buy toilet yeah. paper. It's not with that sort of incentive, you know, the distribution network grows. And it's yeah. a clever idea. And that's and that's the basic plot of Newsies. The actual songs are hit and miss. I think I... Uh, the the thing about the musical is, like, I, I, I haven't got a lot of experience with musicals, so this is sort of a new territory for me. This is something that I don't... I haven't... Oh, shit, it's by Harvey Feierstein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Harvey Feierstein. Yeah. Harvey Feierstein. No, that's a different person. Oh, what was that guy? You're thinking of the guy from... Um, Independence Day. That's no, not him. Yeah, his name is something Feierstein. Why are you getting your Jews mixed up? It's Harvey Feierstein. That's him! That's the guy from Independence Day! No, that's not. Yes, it is! I'm Harvey Feierstein. Oh, yeah, so it's the guy from Independence Day. You fucking idiot! <laughs> Do you not know who Harvey? I know who Harvey. He Feierstein doesn't have a beard here. 
Yeah, because he's, he's got older no beard. Now. Who's he married to? You can still grow a beard when you're old. Who's he, old, who's he married to? Some dude who's like oh, quarter his fan. age, probably. I don't know. I'm Harvey Weinstein. Do you remember when he was in The Simpsons? He no. played he played Homer's assistant when he got hair. Do you remember when he got the magical hair tonic and he had to like put his put his little boots on? And he he got that really sweet head of hair and he got promoted at work. It's like Mr. Simpson, you don't need me. You just need the confidence that lies within you. And then he gets demoted the next day. Um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, no, Newsies really entertaining. The one thing I'd say, the set's incredible. The actual, like, production's really, really fucking awesome. Like, the set itself, so they've got, like, a central, like, scaffolding construction, which is meant to be, like, the, um, the, like, a fire escape in New York. And they've got, like, shanties built into it that they live in. And, um, and that comes apart and then becomes multiple other sets. But it's the way that, like, they use the set and the things that they've designed for it. Like, there are light fixtures that come down that they can hang off of and they fucking spin and go crazy. Is like, that safe point, after the Spider-Man mate, musical instance? I was watching these kids spin and I was like, someone's going to die and I'm going to witness it. Are they kids or they're just really small? <laughs> they're just really small adults. Yeah. Um, we almost shot HMV once with some the dwarves from the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs place in the store because we couldn't see them. Over the shelves, we didn't realise they were around the back. They were down the back end of the store. <laughs> but luckily, when you bring the shutters down halfway, they can still get under it. So. And I couldn't see them. And I met those guys. They were fucking awesome. They that were was stars the same of a TV series. What? It was a TV series about them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember I... Because that was the same year that Gareth Gates was in it, because he was drinking with them. Yeah. I met Gareth Gates in, uh, in O'Neill's. Oh. Yeah. I told... I went up to him and my friend is like, the biggest fan of you. And it was my friend Dave, who had a big beard and big wooden Buddha beads around his neck. And so clearly was not a fan of Gareth Gates. He wore tunics. <laughs> not Gareth Gates, my friend Dave. And he clearly was not Gareth Gates' target demographic. Might have been his type, though. It might have been. And... And my friend Dave, Did like, Gates die. I was no, he's still alive. You're yeah. thinking of Darius. Darius Maybe. died. Darius. Or Stephen died. Gately. Stephen Gately didn't die. Yeah, from Boyzone. Oh yeah, he did. No, yeah, yeah he's the one who died. Is he? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. Back to the newsies. Back to the newsies. So yeah, so they do some impressive shit. There is actually like, there's a couple of wirework stunts where someone like comes down from from behind where the seats are. They come down like a wire track that reaches the bottom. And then all these people that are hanging off like these like light fixtures that come down when they're doing like bar scenes. There's like a scene where they're like, we're famous and they're all going crazy. And they grab the light fixtures and they're fucking swinging around. And there are these like, they, there's a lot of ballet stuff in this. There's a lot of gymnastics in this. Like the newsies, I did make the joke several times that they wouldn't be so hungry and poor if they stopped doing so many fucking gymnastics because they're burning up hundreds of calories. Flipping about the place like mad people. They were running around in the audience. And every time they were running around in the audience, they was like, oh, fuck, the rabid newsies are out again. Because <laughs> they're just fucking running around causing chaos. Anyway, sorry. That's besides the point. The The musical itself works really well. Like, some of the numbers are really incredible. The only time it fell apart was there's a lot of solo numbers. There's one called Santa Fe, which is like a central theme. Mm. And it's like the main character's like dream is that he wants to go there and create a life. And till the land and, and farm the soil, like the American dream style shit. 
But like the song itself is just real shit. It's really slow and it's used too many times to thematically score certain sections of the play. Are you criticizing the works of Harvey Feierstein. Harvey Feierstein. Um, I do a really good Harvey Feierstein, it turns out. Um, he was in Birdcage. Anyway, that's besides the point. And you. And he was also in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's besides... The, Mrs. Doubtfire's getting a musical. Um, that's besides the point. So there's a song... Will the one. So there's a song called Carrying... Carrying the... Let me just quickly get the song list up so I can get the song names right. Uh, news is... Music. Here we go. Wait, Evan Rachel Woods was going to be Mary Jane Watson in the Spider-Man musical. Yeah. And Alan Cumming was going to be Green Goblin. Yeah. Did you not know that? Um, so carrying the banner is the is the like the newsies song. It's like carrying the banner, da, da, da. and it's like quite good. Um, God, there's a lot of injuries. Six people were injured while working. Oh, for Into the Dark, Spider Man. Turn off the dark. Turn off the dark. Sorry, the world will know. Um, King of New York. Like, there's some really good songs in here, but it's just yeah, it's that fucking it's that Santa Fe song that brings it down every time. Oh my God! Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Christian Bale was in the original Newsies. Yeah, yeah. It was 1992. Yeah. Christian Bale. He's a famous Bale. child actor. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's in Christian the... Bale. He was a child actor. He played the main he character. Treasure, Treasure Island with Tim was Curry. He? Yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. He is Welsh, so he could probably sing. Is an English actor. How fucking dare they? Give him, give him the respect he deserves. He's Welsh. Yeah, anyway. So, um, so yeah. Um, Newsies. Just... Just a really fucking good time. I I actually recommend it. if you're a fan of musicals, just check it out. And the theatre, it's we went to the Wembley Stadium theatre. It's like the Troubadour, and it's an old soundstage they used to use for filming shit. And you, when you go in, you can kind of tell because it's like a it's like a massive warehouse, and it's all a little bit modular. Like they can make stuff like they can basically design it as to how you need it. They did Warhorse in there, and the way they've got it designed for this is it's it's like the five boroughs. So. When Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, and Staten, from the Battery to down to Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think I sat? Black, white, New York. Where do you think I sat? Fancy man like me. Grouch, um, you know, the Oscar the Grouch's trash can. That's where you fucking stand. Yeah, Manhattan. You're right there. Aaron. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done. Um, it's a but, paradise inside that trash can. Do you know that? Yeah, I did. They I've revealed seen, that in the yeah. Elmo movie. Yeah, that's, go down. It's got like a little. What's house. he fucking grouchy about? He's I, got a paradise in there. He lives in know. Utopia. Have you seen? Have you seen? They did a thing recently where um, Brett Goldstein from uh, Ted Lasso, in character as uh, his character from Ted Lasso, turned up and he's like, he's like, what are you doing then? And he's like, he's like, all right. It's like, he's like, all right. It's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> I was just like, perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, really fucking good. I really enjoyed the newsies. Um, I'd never seen the film. I didn't really know that it was based on actual events. Um, but all in all, like it was like a really good... But he couldn't make it up. It was a really good musical. One of the more interesting facts is very pro-union for a musical that was mostly produced by the Disney Company. <laughs> a company that at one point thought it'd be really easy to control their workers if they made their own town. <laughs> And now own part of Florida, which apparently cannot be circumvented by their shitty current government, which is kind of funny and also kind of awesome. Well, they have to deal with all those writers' unions and actors' yeah, unions. Yeah, exactly. Somehow they've got to lock them in their rooms. Mm. Um, Can't have those. Well, 
there's a whole thing where like the people who perform in the park want to be classed as actors and yeah. be part of the screen actors, which they should be. Yeah, they should be part of an actors' union. But um, Disney will do everything they can to stop did you, them. Did you see that recent video where that guy was sexually assaulted by a woman in the Disney park who plays as Gaston? Like she was literally like just coming on to him, like oh. just fucking like up on him, and he's like, no, no, security, like broke character to get her taken away. Yeah, and apparently that happens a lot to them. That's kind of fucked. So should I get a job playing Gaston, you're saying? Yeah, mate. You're going to start hitting the gym. I need to eat 60 eggs a day, don't I? Yeah, you're going to start hitting the gym. That's the most important part. Like eat Gaston... 60 eggs a day. That's how much it, how many eggs he eats a day. <laughs> yeah, but he also, he also, he works out a lot. He doesn't specify that much in the song. <laughs> Mostly about the eggs. Are you just going to become Cool Hand Luke? Are <laughs> <laughs> just going to be Cool Hand Luke in the desert eating eggs? I mean, probably end up more like Friggin' when Steve and um, Thingy and yeah. the eggs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They all tried. We man didn't last long. No, they tried eating eggs and drinking milk, weren't they? Because it's like a gallon of milk and all the eggs. Yeah, I could do that. No, you couldn't. And it's a good thing I bought that toilet paper if that's going to be the time you'll be taking up. Um, yeah, but the newsies, really fucking interesting. It was pro union, like, it's got a lot of good messaging in there. Um, the guy who plays the main character, like a really good actor, but his songs were a bit shit. Like there's a particular song that he does with the main female lead and she's phenomenal, but his voice just didn't really cut through anything. It just felt like a bit. Now you're a musical critic. I can tell what I like and I likes what I hears, but I didn't like when that, that, that I hears during movie this. on stage. That'd be awesome. I'd go see that. I'd fucking go Bring see back that. Robin Williams from the dead. Fucking, yeah, I am what I am. I am what I am. Fucking the Popeye movie's great. I, I will not hear a bad word say about that. People the the best thing about the film. Popeye movie is the fucking set's incredible. Basically everyone's dead who was in that film, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, except for... Um, Oliver Reed. <laughs> except for, what's her name? Shay um, Duvall. Yeah. Yeah, but she's... You don't... She's having troubles. <laughs> and, Stanley Kubrick terrorised her. And, into, and, and, <laughs> She's having troubles. She's got all sorts of troubles. <laughs> you know, I don't know about this stuff. She had like mental breakdown thanks no, to Kubrick. I know, but Anne, you just described a woman as a <laughs> life torn apart by mental illness. Hmm. As her having, having troubles. troubles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the newsies. If it wasn't for those, if it wasn't for the solo, like performances you know kind of being a bit shit well the solo songs in general just falling a bit flat I think this would be a Tom Atkins but I'm going to give it a Kate Blanchett I really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm like as I said I'm not like a I'm not big on musical theatre like most of the stuff that I know from it is like is films like things like Little Shop of, we spoke about this before Little Shop of Horrors Little Shop yeah like the South Park the movie hmm. musical is incredible I've you seen Cannibal the, the Musical seen The Wiz uh, the Wiz, yeah, with Michael Jackson, yeah. I, as much as I'd love to separate the art from the artist, I have not. Got Diana Ross in it. I have seen the Kevin Spacey one man show based by on Joel the Wiz. Schumacher. Who? Joel Schumacher produced the, the Wiz. The Batman man. Yeah. The Batman man who's dead. The man who created the most gay Batman films. The Batman man who's dead now. Yeah. Yeah. Harvey Firestein killed him. Anyway, uh, yeah, Newsies, really interesting experience. I had a lot of fun, and I'd recommend people go check it out. It was a really good play, Anne, or play, musical, Anne. Anne, do you like musicals? What musicals have you seen, Anne? 
In movies? No, yeah. Uh, right, okay. The Wiz. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. South Park, the movie. Yeah. Les Mis. Wait, which Les Mis? Um, the, um, Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe No, one? no, one of the other ones. I'm Siobhan! Um, I saw the stage production of Seven Brides, Seven Brothers starring Hugh Jackman. Really? Um, not alive, a sort of film version. They, uh, they made it. It came out around the same time as X-Men. Because when he got a cast of X-Men, I was like, that's the guy from Seven Brides, Seven Brothers. Seven Brothers! Oh, one thing I was going to mention, um, How to Build a Pipeline and the Mario movie, there's a character that's the exact same in both of them. The character Michael, who's the detonation expert who's creating the little deck charges, mm. is as grim an outlook as that blue flame Sweet thing that I spoke Todd. about before. That mm. blue flame thing where it's like, yeah. it's like, more meat for the, fresh meat for the grinder. <laughs> like, they have the same attitude and it was really weird seeing that blue flame personified in How to Blow Up a Pipeline. <laughs> But also very fun. Tenacious um, D in the Pick of Destiny. Great musical. Uh, you've yeah. seen the stage show as well. No, no. Yes, you have. Yeah, you've got it. I gave it to you, well, the I've Blu-ray. Got the, I've got the DVD of their, f- their concert. Yeah, I gave you the Blu-ray of their concert as well. The book of... The the second one. No, I might The Divine it. Works Volume 2. Well, I did watch that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we watched it together. Yeah. Possibly. For God's sake, it's a whole stage play. I've seen them live, they do it. Oh, he's being possessed. He's being possessed. Where's he going? Where's he I going? I think of a musical. Is it Pazuzu? Xanadu. I've never seen Xanadu. Fucking, what, we're living Newton John? Xanadu. Was it Fred Astaire? It was one of his last have you seen? Uh, have you seen, uh, have you seen? No, I know musicals. Yeah, you, you've seen movie musicals. I'm going to see the Book of Mormon in August. Hmm. I just had a bit of a watery fart there. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Sorry, should I just, I'll open my butt cheeks a bit more for the next one. Please don't. I need to shit. Um, but yeah, um, I'll tell you what, just real fun, lots of fun. Um, I really recommend anyone who's into Newsies, check it out. We're all big fans of Newsies. You could probably watch it on Disney+. Plus. You can actually watch Newsies on Disney+. Plus. Thanks for bringing that up, Anne. Disney+, Plus, our new sponsors, are saying, check out Newsies today. It's also, as I said, a Disney production. So uh, get your Newsies merch, get out there. And uh, become a newsie today. Get yourself some suspenders and trousers rolled up to your knees. Yeah. And shirts covered in soot. Why soot? They're newsies. That's what they look like back then. They're newsies. Not sooties. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, that's a bad... (laughs) Can we delete that? (laughs) Can we please delete that word? (laughs) Sooties? What, the little... Oh, you can watch the Broadway musical on Disney+. Yeah, Plus. yes. That's the same production as this one. Yeah, that'll save you going to see the before. I paid I paid 80 quid to go see it. And I <laughs> did not regret it. Fucking 80 quid. Yeah, instead of spending, instead of spending 160 quid on the actual price of the tickets they normally cost. I mean, I got I got him for 50 quid. Like, that's... I got Tonkinator for 50 quid. You could get a Tonkinator for that price. God. Anyway. When are you going to see the Evil Dead musical? I can't. It's not playing in the UK. I've been looking for it to looking for a production to go see that. You gotta go see Spam a lot. Everyone ends up seeing Spam. I don't want to go see Spam a lot. I'm. Do you remember we will rock you? So friggin- I'm seeing Les Mis on the 27th of May. No, Rock of Ages. That was shit. Yeah, I'm not going to see Rock of Ages. I'm going to see. So it's right now. The only things I've got booked: Les Mis, and I've bought tickets for the Northern Boys. 
I've got tickets for Auntie Donna's UK tour. Northern boys. Yeah, I've got tickets for their brain. You're going to make live go to Northern boys. Yeah. Five foot nine. She's agreed. She has agreed. Ladies, would you like to get loose? She's agreed to go see the Northern boys with me. Yeah. Maybe if you're lucky, you might find Norman in the toilets hobbing a wonk. Maybe. He's having a number three. Yeah. There's There's no trees around. That's true. Um, So, yeah, so I've got that booked. I've got Les Mis, uh, Book of Mormon, and. and Auntie Donna. I'm going to book more stuff, because, like, this stuff pops up all the time. There's some interesting shit that's being, like, made now. Um, well, it's always being made. I've never experienced half of this shit. So I'm, I'm just going to book tickets for whatever I can and go and see it. Do you saw Michael Jackson live? You saw Michael Jackson live? Yeah, I went to a Michael Jackson concert. Yeah? You went to a... How old were you? Like, 13. 14. Target demographic. <laughs> Too old. <laughs> Did he not? Did his did his did his management not point you out in the crowd and go? I was right at the back. Are you right at the yeah, back? Yeah, I've got some. Where are they? I've got some Michael Jackson binoculars somewhere. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Some Michael Jackson history to binoculars. Anyway, because it was really far away. Wembley find, Stadium was big. You can find Dan at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can also find him as Mellow Gaming on YouTube. You can also find him as Wild Will's Hat on Twitter and Ant's Bot Collection on YouTube. You can find me as Chris Apocalypse everywhere. This has been episode 208 of Chris Apocalypse. As always, stay safe. We love you. Let's start a parasocial relationship in which I have to make no effort with you as a human being. But at the same time, you feel the loving embrace of my voice and like to hear our opinions on some of the dumbest shit that we do. Um, and anything you are looking forward to that's coming up? There's a Transformer. Anything you've you got coming up that you're looking forward to? Have you played Ghostwire Tokyo? The sweet relief of death. Oh, there we go. Blue Flame Energy. Like it. Like it. It's a vibe. It's a mood. It's a lifestyle. It's goop. Um, What's coming out? There's stuff coming out that I can't... Advanced oh, Wars. Oh, Advanced Wars. Week. Are you getting that? Yeah, I've got it pre-ordered. I need you to sell pre-ordered? some stuff because I haven't got enough money. Oh. <laughs> um, I have Dredge. I've bought Dredge. You can start playing Dredge. Um, there's fucking dredging out your fucking trousers <laughs> dredging some like, dead oh, fish oh, out of my guts <laughs> brown trout and brown trout is on the menu um, I've got dredge and then there's also something coming out I can't remember what it is but there's oh Breath the of the World of Zelda Breath of the World yeah uh, Breath, Breath of the, the World 2 Tis the Kingdom when is that out? like May something. 25th yeah yeah oh, and Evil Dead Rise next week I thought oh, this week it's this week it's out on Saturday Friday so I'm going to see that this week, and I'm going to go see Renfield on Wednesday. Apparently Renfield's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've heard. Um, all right. Well, everybody have a great time. As always, Rishi Sunak uh, fucks kids. He's actually a he's actually a pedophile. I'm not going to say anything else about it. It's disgusting. Why is he doing that? Oh, Donald Trump's in prison. Um, well, he's no, not, not in prison. He's uh, potentially going to prison. No, he won't. It's not going to happen. He's rich, isn't he? No, he's fucking, happen. Every time this freaking... Well, at least Andrew Tate's still on house arrest. Yeah. That's not going to ever end, is it? Because he's a sex trafficking cunt. You don't if know. If anyone under the age of 18 hears from Andrew Tate, or if anyone who's over the age of 18 hears from Andrew Tate, probably don't get involved in the sex trafficking. Don't be sex trafficked. Just don't do it, right? Yeah. Yeah? He's a fucking creep. You know he's a fucking creep. Don't get involved with fucking creeps. And also, if you're an Andrew Tate fan... You're probably also a virgin and a fucking loser. Anything to say about Andrew Tate, Anne? No, I'm... Uh, oh, Andrew Tate's also actually a pedophile. Probably. Um, he, he was fucking a 15-year-old. I can imagine. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. so pedophile as well. Andrew Tate's a pedo. There you go. Glenn got banned from Twitter. Did he? Yeah, Glenn's been banned from Twitter. Oh, yeah, Glenn's back now. 
No, he got banned from Twitter. No, he got he got back on. Not today. Yeah. No, he's he's gone. Is he gone now? Yeah, he made a he made an alt account. No, he had like a apparently he had like an. Apology. He appealed it like twice, and well, he's got nothing else, does he? The kids have left. Yeah. And his wife. Yeah. Have you seen the account that's like Luna's ex-wife? Anyway, bye. Oh no, he is back. I'll just block him. Oh no, I I did block him. I muted him. Um, but then when you search for them, they still pop up. Anyway, you done. Yeah, I'm done, mate. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.